I remember going to the that really great liquor store in Grand Rapids because it was the only place that still sold the cocaine energy drink. <laughs> oh, the one, the one over in the like, Rishi's. Yeah, yeah, that place fucking rules. Um, uh, wait, wait, it's not for loco. This was cocaine. It was just called cocaine. Oh, it okay. Because it was because Josh's and my friend Corby was like, I want to go get cocaine, the energy drink, <laughs> <laughs> and the whole the whole gimmick of cocaine. From wait, what did you I go on a cocaine run with 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 Big Corby? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> I don't like the name Big Corby. <laughs> it reminds um, me too much of Scott Shelby. He bought this cocaine. I had a sip of it. The whole thing is that it's just like any other shitty energy drink, except it makes your throat hurt. Oh. <laughs> Which I guess is the... I've never put anything in my nose. That was always the thing that but, was missing from energy drinks. Brian, I think you just drank gasoline. <laughs> We no, want something I, that's I know what that's like. Something oh, we God. should cover on the podcast at some point is the uh is gasoline. Is the is the McGruff the Crime Dog album about why you shouldn't use different types of drugs? Um there's an absolute This banger. is going to hurt my mental health. Isn't it's it? so fucking good. And there's there's an absolute banger of a track called Cocaine and Crack. And the song starts with McGruff singing. Is it to the, please tell me it's to the, the tune of my neck, my back. I wish. No, these are actually all completely. My Coke and my crack. These are all completely original melodies too. They all kind of go in different directions, right? So the, um, the one about marijuana is sort of like, a, it sounds like something that could be on like He-Man or something. Like it's really like okay. sort of uplifting and exciting. I thought it was going to go into like ethnically and no, territory. no, no, no. It's it's really you mean like it's, heavy rain. <laughs> <laughs> There's not anything particularly offensive McGruff, about it. The French Canadian crime hounds. <laughs> All that I wanted to say, though, was that every time at this point that I hear about cocaine, the song Cocaine and Crack by McGruff, the crime dog mm, plays in the back mm. of my head. And it starts like this using crack and cocaine to get high. <laughs> so many possible worlds, but we of all possible worlds the world's first and only show unafraid to do crack and cocaine to get high i'm the worst of all possible joshes i'm the worst of all possible aj's and i'm the worst of all possible brian's and joining us this evening is david armstrong i'm the worst of all possible david's yeah i always love it when we get a guest who admits that they're the worst because that's what we select for every time do people do do any of your guests do any of your guests say they're the best or the second best not yet and i hope they never do i do not want any ego like that anywhere near i agree that would be despicable and frankly we would have to cancel the recording right at that exact moment and cancel them as well on social media yeah yeah for sure I suppose this is a really terrible time for me to say I'm the best of all possible AJs. Oh, oh no. Maybe you can't be. You just said that you were the worst. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, maybe I contain multitudes from uh, okay. <laughs> So, So, David, tell us a little bit about who you are. Oh. How did you get here? Ooh, yeah. Why are you in my house? Well, I, well, I'll tell you. This is how most of my bad video game experiences happen, which is that AJ, <laughs> who is my roommate and allegedly my friend in real life, mm-hmm. yeah. will make me play these games, or make, or more comfortably, I'm more used to watching him play games. I, I don't. 
play a lot of video games. The okay. ones he um, plays, he's very good at, though. He's a he's played Bloodborne like how many times now? Uh, uh, every year. Every year. Uh, every year. Uh, in every October. Halloween. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's he's a great Halloween incredible game. Incredible at that game. It's the only one I'm good at. I think he's secretly really great at video games. Absolutely not. I, I've already said I'm the worst. I'm the worst at most things. So, mm. comedian, podcaster, writer, also pretty terrible at all of those things, and that's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you're in here. great fucking company. <laughs> going to from this platform extol my praises, quote unquote, upon heavy rain. Yes. All right. The David Cage fever dream from 2010 that answers the question what if you watched the films seven and saw back to back drank a fifth of tequila and then received a massive head wound and had to recount <laughs> the plots of both of those movies yeah do you think they have tequila in quebec no no it's only tequila if it's from the tequila region like so bizarre to me because I played a little bit of Indigo Prophecy before this. Because Indigo Prophecy always appealed to me uh, as a, a youngster. When it came out, I thought, this game looks fascinating. Yeah. I want to see what it's all about. Uh, I didn't have a PlayStation, so I didn't play it until recently when I had to get Heavy Rain on the PlayStation 4. <laughs> and it came in a bundle with everything else. <laughs> so I just thought, okay, it's on sale. So What's the elevator pitch for Indigo Prophecy? Indigo Prophecy is a guy stabs a dude to death in a bathroom as part of an occult ritual mm. that he does not know he's a part of. Oh, and there's different okay. choices you can make that don't really matter. And there's uh, they make you think it matters. Can... They make you think it matters yeah, really yeah. hard. But no, and, sure and, like and heavy that, rain. And the game is going to be yeah. about choices and going to be about a narrative that you actually influence from the beginning to yeah. the end. Um, and it, it always seemed so intriguing. And then I played it part of it and I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Well, so this is also game. the game was bad. This yeah. is David Cage's whole mo <laughs> is is he presents a game that is about freedom and choice and about liberating the player, and it's actually not about that at all. Because he wants it to be a movie, which is inherently more restrictive. Yes. Yeah. Um. What 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 shocked me when I finally sat down and played Indigo Prophecy was not that it was bad. I was kind of braced for that at that point, but the fact that it was just what like a ton of people were doing in the 90s anyway mm -hmm. with like adventure games it was just an adventure game but set in a new york city as imagined by a man i don't even believe is really from quebec <laughs> because the depiction of america in these games might as well be from some country mountain farmer in slovenia mm -hmm. it is so completely detached from anything I've ever seen, which is actually probably my favorite part of it at this point. <laughs> yeah, the uncanniness that's made by, it almost feels like human civilization ended, right? Thousands yeah. of years passed, and then someone found like the remnants of America and then tried to piece <laughs> together what life was like thousands of years ago. Right. Like David Cage, at some point in time, saw a movie with a black man in it. Mm -hmm. and has based every character off of that one movie. So there's a, a black detective in Indigo Prophecy whose apartment, again, this is set present day, like 2005 or whatever. Yes, the present, 2005. His apartment looks like 1970. It's like a cross between Scatman Crothers' pad in uh, <laughs> The Shining and then just 
some French Canadian thinking, what else do black people like? Yep. Lava lamps. Um, <laughs> it's like it's, David Cage read a review of America. Like somebody, <laughs> <laughs> like somebody left a Yelp review of the United yeah. States from their visit. Was like, I saw some black people. They, you know, they 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 did. They were doing this, and Talking he's like, Oh yeah, jive. I get it. I get it now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. This time around. I am going to, for once, sort of serve as the audience surrogate for anybody who yeah. has perhaps not enjoyed the games of David Cage. Uh, I have not played Heavy <laughs> enjoyed Rain. Enjoyed is a stretch. I would <laughs> say endured. I do know a couple of the major memes, uh, you know, like yelling Sean, like pressing X to Sean or whatever. Sean! Sean! John! Sean! Sean! So um, that's, that is what I know. And I also know like what the twist at the end is. But other than oh. that, I pretty much know nothing about this game. I do remember seeing the trailer for Heavy Rain um, mm-hmm. because it was a pretty big game for Sony at the time. Oh, because yeah. They were really pitching it as being incredibly uh, visually impressive and very immersive. And again, like you were saying, Uh, being a real interactive experience where choices matter. And obviously being somebody who myself, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of games where the player is given a lot of control and a lot of agency to do a lot of different things. That's why I really like immersive Sims, Uh, you know, like the Deus Ex games, um, the System Shock 2, Thief, that kind of stuff, as well as Prey more recently. Mm. This game does none of that from my understanding, but I'm excited to hear more about exactly why it's so fucking bad. I think what's infuriating about it is that it it fools you into thinking that it is going to be one of those things where it is yeah. so like free and open and actually it's not and and the twist quite literally absolutely depends on the player having no agency and yeah, not sure. having all of the information. So yeah. in yeah. that way um, it's infuriating. It's all the twist is also impossible based on <laughs> the parameters that you're given in the game there's yes. one of the events oh, that yeah, cannot yeah. happen as scripted so to give just the tiniest bit of background here indigo prophecy worked out made some money impressed a, a handful of critics quantic dream moves on and they start making heavy rain uh it becomes a sony exclusive they release this teaser that's really leaning into the uh, this is a movie. We're really making a movie here. Yeah, and, facial, and the facial animations as well. They released the audition. It was yeah, called. They shoot this scene like it's on a handy cam, like it's a screen test and some stuff happens. I don't know. It's it's not very comprehensible. <laughs> but I do remember that. I remember being pretty impressed with how cinematic and, yeah. and realistic it looked. You know, well, they, and the thing with with Indigo Prophecy, also known as Fahrenheit, if you're overseas. Celsius. Celsius, if you're overseas. <laughs> <laughs> Fahrenheit. Was this uh, science fiction-y, Donnie Darko-ish, occult mm, Simon Says Simulator. Area 51. And also, yes, a Simon Says Simulator. So it was all this stuff with like angels and aliens. Yeah. And angels and airwaves. The final, and, the uh, final battle, you fight just gargoyles in a church. It's a lot of just dodging gargoyles. Quick question: What did John Avery Whitaker think about this game overall? John like, Avery Whitaker has never heard of video games. Oh, okay, got it. To this day, unaware that they exist. You can play your TV. <laughs> what have you done to that oscilloscope? Um, so this at the very 
first sort of teases of this, it sounds like there are going to be supernatural elements. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that a little bit later because there absolutely were supernatural elements in this game until very, very late in the process when they got written out smartly. But for the most part, Heavy Rain is an improvement on everything that they tried to do in Indigo Prophecy. In the way that you interact with things, the way you walk around a room, they got rid of the whole meter where you commit suicide if you look at yourself in the mirror for too long. Um, yeah, that that was that was a um, questionable <laughs> choice to begin with. Uh, was that around the time that uh, Eternal Darkness was kind of doing the same thing with like a sanity meter? You know, I suppose I, yeah. this this comes a couple years after Eternal Darkness because Eternal Darkness was, if not a launch title for the GameCube, it was a very early title because it yeah, was one of those. Yeah, Eternal Darkness was like two thousand two or so. Yeah, because they had des- they had developed it for the Nintendo sixty four. Right. And then brought it over to the GameCube instead, sort of like Dinosaur Planet, um, Star Fox Adventures. I love I that really, fox. I love that I, fox crystal. I want to fuck that fox. I'm going to be honest. I actually really like prophecy. that game. And I know that's probably uh, the worst opinion I have about Star well, Fox, okay, but I really well, like that game. Well, here's what we're going to say. Here's what we're going to say about bad things. I liked Heavy Rain when I played it in the first place. Okay. So yeah. we'll get to that. So Heavy Rain ends up coming out having no supernatural elements whatsoever. It's just gritty, serial killer, drama, uh, kid died, guy has a dead kid, the wrong kid died, um, and then- <laughs> Wrong kid died. It, it's just like, everything about it is just like this run through of every like gritty thing, to yep. the point where one of the uh, co-creators of NYPD Blue eventually got wrote the screenplay for the movie option that never went off the ground. Oh, thank uh, well, God. Because the movie option <laughs> is just seven, and it's just Saw. But not good. Yeah, not good. Man, the torture porn era was so fucking funny, man. It just, oh. it just feels like a nine-year-old watched those movies and then wrote yeah. like this script in like a 36-hour cocaine binge, and not cocaine, cocaine, the energy drink. Cocaine, cocaine, the energy drink. Oh, my throat's all scratchy. Um, <laughs> screenplay <laughs> and and so when the game comes out at that point uh sony really has quite a bit like riding on its success right like yeah. this is a high profile console exclusive it's, it's the big hype boy mm-hmm. yeah. yeah they were trying and, to really and, like jump ahead with facial animations too that's what right, the yeah. audition was all about it really wasn't about story yeah. at all it was about the actress who is playing that role auditioning to get that role and actually at the time that they made that trailer that character was not really in uh the game at all they right they well and the whole monologue after. that she does is not related to anything that that happened and this in was to the yep. point of facial facial capture and facial animation this was, if I recall correctly, also around the time that um, L.A. Noir mm-hmm. uh, was was <laughs> yeah. being hyped up as well. This was like, yeah. this was like we a gotta whole... talk about L.A. Noir at some point. <laughs> it's this was so like, creepy. This was we, like we had a been whole doing some significant moment. work on mocap right. at that point. You know, like Gun had come out. And right. Gun is mostly yeah. forgotten, but Gun did a lot with with motion well, capture. Yeah, it was the next big capture. thing, right? Because yeah. we'd kind of gotten very good at animation yeah so the next thing was like how do we make humans look yeah as good a- a- in movies as they are in video games yeah and in some of the same way that this is kind of reflecting the adventure games on pc from the middle middle of the 90s we're seeing this new era with new graphics where you can render faces with with complex yeah. detail as like this repeat of the fmv era where everyone yeah. was just casting live actors right. and everything 
Right, but God, I wish this had been cast with live actors. It's so uncanny it watching this. It would be so this. much worse. AJ. I know, <laughs> but at so least at worse. least it'd be fun. Well, it would have camp value. Yeah, exactly. it would have camp. Um, this, yeah, really lean into the like this has and value. conquer like right, right, TV right, screens. Yeah. <laughs> come <Spice>. in. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tim Curry plays <laughs> Norman <Spice>. Jaden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Come um, on. I mean, Brian, you say that there's not a lot of supernatural stuff in Heavy Rain, but I would say the technology uh, that especially our favorite boy detective, Nam and Jay. Oh, yeah. Give a character a virtual reality headset that he has to do cocaine in unless, or, uh, until it kills him. Yes, um, yes, because the, the, the virtual reality itself destroys his brain because he forgets where he is and then gives him yeah. like headaches and nosebleeds. Okay, so, so he gets addicted to a painkiller that then I am already. That insanely yeah. confused so, so why don't we start, start. <laughs> we explain we're gonna start at the first of two prologues oh yeah <laughs> so i hate this uh, fucking game <laughs> our, our, our boy ethan ethan mars is his name ethan he mars. is one of the only characters in the game not to have two first names as his full name yeah, yeah. <laughs> so ethan mars wakes up in uh playstation home Yep. Uh, no, That's a typical American home, Brian, with European yeah. outlets everywhere, a uh, design where the plates are for some reason under, like, the stereo player, like, in his kitchen. It is the most and they European have no, designed and they have house. no decorations. So, There's, like, so shelves of, that are empty because apparently they yeah. moved in two months ago? Perhaps. Yeah. Is what it seems so like. So this uses, like, a, a sort of static camera. That kind of follows you around, but, you know, it's like Resident Evil or whatever. And so to try to get around the tank controls problem, they decide to do what Killer7 did and map movement to the R trigger. Right, right. Uh, so you move by pressing R. That what? way when the camera changes, theoretically, it's not going to fuck you up. But they always change the camera at places where you need to turn. So it still fucks you up. Yeah, yeah. every the single time. The camera's changing every five seconds. Yeah. Wait, yeah. so you press, the, it, just to clear it, you press the R button to move forward. Yes, you press yeah. the R button. Well, okay. Like you're driving a car. Like it's right. not, you're yeah. not inhabiting the person, you are driving them, right. basically. Um, this yeah, is burnout it's, it's a little bit of uh, Bennett body energy. <laughs> it's also um, what David Cage wants to do to the player, is just drive you through this story. Right. Like oh, yeah, right. you really don't have any agency. If you just let all of the dialogue options, if you don't press anything, uh, for all the dialogue options they give you, it will automatically choose the best option. You're quite literally vehicles <laughs> of the plot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when you're moving through the house or through any place, you'll find these things with these big icons that pop up that show that you can interact with them. This is a massive improvement over um, Indigo Prophecy, where when you pass by something, you'll get like an icon in, at the top of the screen. And so you can never tell what you're going to be able to reach or interact with or do anything. Right. One of the weird things that this game does is that you don't interact with things using buttons. Right. It's, it's a lot of gesture work. You always initiate your interaction using the right stick. Right. Okay. So it would be like press down on the right stick to, to touch this thing. Sure. Or like do these little swoopy motions. What the game is doing is it's asking you to get a certain amount of emotional investment in controlling the character. Uh, so that like if you want to turn a door, but you really want to feel it. You just move your stick very slowly in the indicated direction to really mm -hmm. get a feel for You're it. You're like ponderously opening that door. Yeah. 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 Which I weirdly respect. 
I actually like that the game is like, you're going to get more out of this. It's not going to change the way that the interaction works, but we do want you to try to feel it out as you're doing this for no other reason than to just. That's fine when you're just walking around a house, because the first yeah. level of this is basically a tech demo. It's giving you an idea of what like all the controls are, but it's also showing off that, hey, this is something you could use in a more interesting game somewhere down the line. But in a high pressure situation and this mm-hmm. game is almost nothing but like high pressure situations <laughs> like little Until tiny realize that you can actually take your time every time yeah <laughs> yeah but but the music uh leads you to believe that in fact you uh don't have a lot of time like right. it's very dun, 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 so, dun, so dun. what i found with the controls was that it you get used to it and it doesn't feel all that bad except for the motion controls yeah which are Horrible. You have to fling your controller across the room. The controller. I I, they were particularly bad on Steam, so they have not improved in the in the. Wait, what did you have to? Were you using a controller? I was using a controller, and it was it was real finicky about what I was (sighs) doing in in the moment. Right, and some of these require actually perfect precision because the whole game is basically quick time events as well. So, and again, remember this is an early PlayStation Three game. They made the six axis controller. They really needed those motion controls. Uncharted had a similarly awful thing where every time you threw a grenade, you had to aim it with your controller. No, no, no. That was this was a big thing for for Sony. This was also a Around the era, of course, that the Wii was really, you know, mm-hmm. running a train all right, over right. everything. Yeah, and, right. and no one knew, like, what they were going to do in response right. to that. Because motion controls were, you know, with the Wii, uh, they were the whole system's gimmick. And right. ultimately, that leaned so far into that direction that now judicious use of motion controls is seen as a gimmick, which is unfortunate. Because motion yeah. controls can do a lot of things really, really effectively, especially yeah. if you have a good gyro in the controller. Well, and, and what's interesting is that they actually killed the Heavy Rain DLC. There was going to be quite a lot of DLC. Uh, they ended up making one piece that I don't think has gotten re-released with any of the subsequent editions of Heavy Rain. Yeah, no, I, you can't really um, find it. And it, because what they did when they abandoned that other DLC was because Sony wanted them to make a move version mm. of Heavy Rain mm. that used their their new motion oh, control move. system. Uh, <laughs> the little, <laughs> the little balls, system that could the, glow, the glowy balls, <laughs> the little Atachi yeah. vibrator that you yeah. just waved at your screen. The first level really goes out of its way to try and get you to learn these controls. And one yeah. of the ways it goes about doing this is that every note that you need to read has been left for you on the floor. So. <laughs> That's convenient. <laughs> Your wife's like, hey, I went out. Uh, gr- I went grocery shopping. I'll be back. But it's literally on the floor in front of the door. And there are dressers all around you. There's a bed. You know, there's all these other options. But it really wanted to give you like a sense of verticality because a lot of the stuff in the game you'll be interacting with is on the floor. A yeah. lot of traps uh, later on when we get into the jigsaw. Uh, portion yeah. of the game and i think that's an accessibility issue i'm like a huge advocate for people being able to play video games in an accessible way yeah so yeah to, it's a big ask to to have people uh be good at motion like all the motion controls yeah. but also the prompts on the screen are mapped to like if i'm opening the door the the prompt is over the door and it's yeah, in white right. against this pure like sunlit beautiful white house yeah and so you're like well wh- i don't I, there's nothing to do in this house because i i can't see well, any of the prompts and, and, yeah. and the worst thing with with heavy rain too is that if something is not right next to you you don't know if you can interact with it or not correct there's fewer things to interact with, which is part of the improvement over uh, Indigo Prophecy. Yeah. But 
the worst parts of the game for me are the parts where it's like, now I have to look for something. Mm hmm. But I don't even know like what I'm looking for. Nothing or, like, is highlighted in any way. No light is hitting a certain yeah. thing. Like there's no yeah. game designy tricks for that. You're playing a movie. That's another thing though that like you want to talk about the uh, adventure game genre more broadly. That yeah. is a problem also in a lot of adventure games oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, where you have these worlds where it's really unclear what the point of the interactivity is. And, and really I think yeah. that's why the adventure game genre, at least the point and click genre didn't really make it. If you can get to the point where you can walk through and play through the game in the way that the developers' heads worked when they were designing the thing, you can have fun with it. But mm -hmm. if you can't get on the wavelength of the designer's own mentality, you're not going to have a good time. Yeah, um, it's moon logic most of the time. Right. You know, I love Day of the Tentacle, but goddamn, some of those puzzles yeah. are impossible. Absolutely. <laughs> but at least if you play something like that or you play like Putt-Putt, like if you click on stuff and it has nothing to do with anything, there's like a sight gag yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, nothing happens in Heavy Rain. You just you just click on it and Ethan is just depressed. Yeah. Can you imagine what Ron Gilbert and Tim Schafer's Heavy Rain would look like? Oh God, I'm in. I'm it's in. all I want. Another uh, mechanic that that gets overlooked sometimes because you, you probably don't use it that much when you play the game is that you have thoughts. Oh. So at any time if you're lost, you can press the L2 button and then you'll have some thoughts floating around that you can hit that's basically just hey it's that dog <laughs> sure um, yeah but yeah. it's, it's so the funny. most prosaic line deliveries well yeah but like uh, and the music behind them is usually very intense the whole game is just so no pun intended heavy and yeah. somber it's rot and, it's so overwrought yeah. but it's like you and have so it's, that and then music. it's just like Hmm, I should do the dishes before she gets home. Yeah. Bum, bum, I really bum, do bum, love her. But like four times in the game total, yeah. those inner yeah. thoughts give you a hint as to what you're supposed to do sure. next. Yeah. It's uh, like, oh, maybe I should go downstairs. Oh, okay, shit. There's stairs? Great. You yeah. know, finally something to interact with. Sometimes yeah. time just runs and you have to do a certain number of tasks within that time. A lot of Indigo Prophecy is this way. And sometimes you have to do an action first. This is kind of one of the things that Hitman has sort of learned how to finesse. Right. So that you know when something is just scripted based on how long you've been in the level right. versus I've gone to this place and now things are going to start scripting in that direction. And also big difference between this and Hitman, of course, is that the scripted stuff is in there for those mission stories because they are ways that you can have fun with the game in scripted ways, but that's not right. the only way you can play the game. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah. And this is just trying to be like, you have to make a choice. You only have enough time to make this one choice or two right. out of the three or whatever. And actually playing the gay the game. Play the gay away. Playing the gay away. Uh, <laughs> playing the game in the way that the developers intend you to do can lead to like some really bizarre shit. Like there's a trophy you can get for being a perfect dad where Ethan has yeah. to take care of his kid and it requires you to do things at certain times but they have to land on those particular times and David can attest to this while I was playing through this <laughs> I would fix him dinner right and then just go and stare at the clock because there's no <laughs> HUD to tell you what time it is so you have to physically yeah. look at the clock and so to this kid his dad makes him dinner and then goes and stares at the clock in the corner of the room which, and which I would argue is a bad two dad hours. that's yeah. a terrible dad I think that's a good but dad I would say in a, in a role playing perspective that's absolutely what Ethan Mars is up oh, to these days 100% <laughs> um, but we should, we should find dinner. out why Ethan is so clock. sad why is Ethan yeah. such a sad dad besides his bird dies inexplicably so, during a so birthday after, party <laughs> After the first prologue where the bird suddenly dies uh, in what I assume is 
and of mice and men situation. I guess. Um, Did the kid kill the bird? We don't is know. Is the kid a bird? The kid had to kill the bird because the bird was alive right up until that moment. Oh, so, yeah. He's chirping um, when you come out of the, the, of the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. So that first prologue, you're getting ready for a birthday party. You don't see the birthday party happen. You go to the next prologue. That's too many after kids the to animate. Dies. They're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, no. And also, the so kids go, look like nightmares. Like the adults so go look to the possible, but the kids are nightmares. Yeah. Oh, and they do not speak English. They sure like don't. They've learned their lines phonetically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And so you go to the mall after this. Well, they learned it phonetically from David Cage, too. So right. they're just pronouncing it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, you go to the mall. Your your kid uh, is accosted by the local mall clown. <laughs> local clown, who yeah. your kid, Dad, your kid I goes and gets a balloon, and the clown is like, "Welcome to my very normal clown balloon oh, shop." I actually Here remember. I definitely remember seeing this. Right. Yeah. So, so Jason goes missing, and you right. go calling for him. Right. Right. So it's Jason. Jason. Jason, Jason, Jason. Jason. You can press X to say Jason as much as you yeah. want. Um, yeah. And it's very and important you get lost in a crowd in this because on your way to the clown, you run by a menswear store called Portinari's. Please explain which that reference. I think is a reference to Folco and Beatrice Portinari. Beatrice being the Beatrice from Dante's Inferno. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh. I, thanks. I hate it. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. As you're making your way through the second tutorial, <laughs> yep. Jason goes missing again. What? Wait, so, so hold on. The clown one, you do end up finding him? Yeah, so yeah. It's a, they have a fake-out disappearance oh, of Jason, okay. yeah. and yeah. then a real disappearance of Jason. And then seconds Jason. later. And so you have to follow his red balloon out of the mall, and then he gets hit by a car. Okay. Well, technically, he dies. No, he does not get hit by a car. Ethan Brian. gets hit by a car, but Jason ends Ethan, up dying. <laughs> Ethan gets hit by a car because he spears Jason back into the road. Yeah. Jason somehow crossed the street before his dad comes outside of the mall yeah. looking for him. There's and then, just so many people getting into this mall. Like <laughs> thousands of people. Big sale at Macy's. Yeah, it's Black They're Friday. They're all just going to get balloons from the balloon club. It's Black Friday. Ethan, There's a great, great uh, discount on balloons. Yeah. And Ethan... <laughs> Calls out to his son, and his son, like an asshole, goes, "Oh, let me run back across this street. I made it. I made it once. I made it once. I could do it again. I'm a lucky kid." And he uh, Jason runs across. Is the Frogger champion of 2010. Yeah. <laughs> and now this car, this car is parking. This car is definitely yeah. like taxiing so to like drop somebody off nice. in front of the mall. Yeah, and maybe the, ten miles an hour. Unsafe at any speed <laughs> for pedestrians. Unsafe at any speed. This is a real it's, fact. It's terminal velocity. And he, <laughs> and he. Uh, he runs across and Ethan goes, no, and spears his own child by jumping in front of the car. And I think he snaps his neck like, like yeah, Gwen like he... Stacy style. And, uh, he dies in the road. So my personal theory is that Ethan gets hit by the car and Jason dies about 10 minutes later of natural causes <laughs> yeah, from internal bleeding. Yeah. When yeah. we hit the title, then, uh, where, where do we go from there? Uh, well, first of all, the title of this is actually not Heavy Rain. I know we've been saying it that way since the beginning of the podcast, but it is, in fact, Heavy Rain, uh, because rain is italicized oh. for huh. reasons beyond me. And I went like to go see if that rain. was just a typo or like a like a weird font thing. But no, in all text, uh, it huh. is Heavy Rain. Uh, I didn't notice that. And that, I mean, I feel like the whole point of the game is that it is italicized like this is america italicized this is a murder mystery italicized there is no there are no deeper layers to heavy rain what you see <laughs> is what you get so so after the titles we find ethan with 
Sean. He's picking up Sean from school. The Ethan not dead is divorced. kid. It was yeah, Jason the, who died. The live kid. Yeah, Jason, Jason died. Yeah. Sean's Jason alive. Died. Wrong kid died. Great. Um, wrong kid so, died. Wrong kid Don't died. worry. If you play your if you play your cards right, they're both dead, man. Hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. I had him yeah. watch TV. He had fun. So you you go home. Yeah, you watch TV. <laughs> a very good cartoon, uh, actually. That's yeah, more very good than These the rest are from of the, game. the 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 Goblins yeah. School. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly because it's French, but um, uh, the, you can check out their YouTube channel. They make <laughs> they make really cool stuff. It, but it is gob g o b e l i n s. Cool. Um, Great. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, yeah, you, you make him dinner or you don't. You make him do his homework or you don't. You pick up the newspaper and it says, oh, another child, the victim of the origami killer. Right. And and then Ethan says to himself in his mind, why does this kid look so familiar? A question that mattered once at one phase in the writing of this <laughs> game and does not matter in the current version. Well, of why does game. it matter? Why did it matter? Because in the it used to be that there was a spiritual connection oh, that's right yeah there was a beyond two souls with the two souls being ethan's and the origami killers that's right where sometimes your house would fill up with water and then you'd sw- i mean they made whole playable aspects of this so a lot of this stuff got removed in the last few months of development and there are some weird little threads like ethan looking at that newspaper and being like i've seen that kid before when yeah. he ha- he has or not, his blackouts because otherwise the blackouts they, yeah. do not amount to anything they sure don't they're just very convenient for the plot so yeah he blacks out at the end of this scene and he wakes up in the middle of a street <gasps> with is uh, he the an, killer <gasps> with oh an god. origami <gasps> in his hand oh, origami. He's an origami oh yeah. my god and you know what you know what the weather is josh is it a heavy rain it's heavy rain oh yeah well, it's getting there. I don't think it's quite heavy. No, it's yet. like right, point, right. Point 0.8 inches but, but of it rain. Is, it is yeah. raining. It re- and I do think, and and now that I know that there was the supernatural element to it, there is something very compelling about the rain as a device in this game. It does create this, this oppressive mood, and it does have this sort of spiritual... Uh, significance without having any literally spiritual aspect to well, it whatsoever. Well, I feel like it's kind of like the fog in Silent Hill, right? Um, yeah. Where sure, mm-hmm. once the fog rolls in, you know that you're you know that something's about to go down. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and for the rest of this game, it's going to be raining. It's nonstop oh, rain okay. here in <laughs> yeah. At Queens? So, so no more symbolism. Are we in Queens? Uh, I've heard it's I've heard it's based on Philly, but also kind Philly? of. I it, would have said San Francisco. Do they have yeah. elevated trains in Philadelphia? I don't think so. No. Well, the the better question. I was Brian, thinking it was maybe the lure or something. I think the better question is, do they have an origami store in Philadelphia? <laughs> because there's only one. In there's this only town. one in this town. Uh, and, is, uh, yeah, because the just, map you end up seeing sort of looks like maybe like the Upper East Side in Roosevelt Island, <laughs> and like. I don't know. Well, according to Wikipedia, which I just looked up, David Cage traveled to Philadelphia to research the setting. So it is supposed to be Philly. Yeah. I don't believe for a second that David Cage has ever been in the United States. (laughs) I I simply can't. Um, And I think I think we should. This is where we meet Norman Jaden, right? This is where we meet our wonderful little FBI boy. This is. uh, Hey, look at me. I'm Norman Jaden. I'm a detective with the FBI. Norman Jaden. I apply Norman Jaden. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, here's the thing. I think a lot of people give this game a lot of crap for uh, everyone not having an American accent, which 
I mean, sure, but I think that it's actually just indicative of a larger problem. Like, I don't I, I, I think it's fine that you can have like uh, people with accents, you know, be Americans, like be born and raised in America. I think there's that's, nothing. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I think that's well, fine. There, there are some characters where it works, like, for instance, the the woman at the motel that you meet who later starts to work with Shelby. Yeah, I, I think again, yeah. I, her I think, having an accent makes perfect sense given her where her place in society. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't really think that like. Like, I don't think there's really a problem with that. It's just that because the rest of the game was so unresearched and it was just so yeah. clearly like they put everything, uh, you know, Canadian in there or like a vaguely European in there that it, it makes the world feel all the more uncanny, which had they leaned into it and had everyone have just that accent would be fine. But one of our protagonists, yeah. Scott Shelby, they just cast an American guy. One game that a lot of people really love <laughs> is Deadly Premonition. Um, because right, and, and right where everything is, wrong. everything's wrong. <laughs> and the reason that everything's wrong is that it was one really eccentric Japanese guy who, who saw Twin Peaks and was like, yeah. I could do this, but as a video game. Yeah, David Cage walked while holding down R2 so that Sweary could run. <laughs> now, is it a good game? I mean, I don't I don't know. From what I've seen, I don't think it necessarily is worth all of the acclaim that it gets because it honestly is a pretty like bad game. But it is interesting, right? There's something sort of artistically going on there. There's something singular about the creator's vision mm-hmm. that you just can't quite shake off. Well, that's the difference between like somebody uh, not being able to exceed their ambition. And then clearly what's happening in Heavy Rain is David Cage has an upper threshold of imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's point. constantly hitting against. And yeah. so what you're what you're finding instead is that these are uninspired. They're unimaginative. The writing does not serve Characters who are who have not American accents playing American characters, right, which right. is fine, but you have to have writing that serves that, right? Uh, and it yeah. doesn't. It absolutely doesn't because he doesn't the, see a problem with it, right? <laughs> and so it's always really funny when something a detail is right, like uh, Ethan's car. You have to drive it a few times. Is an automatic transmission? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, it, it, he got it right. He did it. Yeah. Like I'm. I at that point I was just surprised he wasn't driving a Yugo. And uh, right. the, so we actually go from Ethan to our first little moment with Scott Shelby. Oh, that's, that's right. Um, and this scene with Scott Shelby ended the up motel, being right? the, yeah, ended up being the demo. So this is what I remember playing, downloading off of the PlayStation store with uh, my very bad internet connection here uh, in 2010. <laughs> so sorry, and Scott, Scott Shelby is the detective guy? Yes, yes. he is. Yeah, okay. he's the, the, he's Columbo. He, he's, right. he's, he's a PI. He he's right. not, uh, you yeah. later play as someone from the FBI, but Scott Shelby is just a PI. Right. Who's investigating yeah. the origami killer. And he very much so, is like, yeah, I, this guy is, he's like your stereotypical, like he's big, he's got the trench coat, it's the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Detective Gumshoe, basically, he's from the US Attorney he's series. He's asthmatic, that's important. Yeah. It's very important so that he's asthmatic. He, he goes to the motel uh, and talks to the mother of one not, of the dead not kids. quite the latest victim. I no. think maybe the second to most recent. Yeah. And so this is the woman who was from the tech demo in the first place. She definitely has a strong French Canadian accent. And again, here in this situation, it there's it works. It makes sense. It's not a pro. It's not an issue. Yeah. I think she's um, actually one of the be- better. Yeah. Actors in this in this game. Oh, by, by far. She, yeah. By she far. has certain idiosyncrasies <laughs> that absolutely work for her. Yeah. Because her her dialogue is so cliched and awful that the fact that her performance is a little bit different than you'd expect. Yeah. Really makes it work. Yeah. Um. So he talks to her for a bit. In most cases, doesn't really get anything out of the conversation. 
and then heads out, has to use his inhaler. Which stops him in the hallway, and it's like a full-on, like, asthma attack. Like, this man is actively yeah. dying, and you have to, like, do a lot of, like, very intense, like, commands in order to get him to just raise his inhaler well, it's, to it's his like mouth. it's like we were saying, AJ, like, the stakes are so high all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and so it means that nothing means anything, eventually. As yeah. you're dying of asthma, this John of the woman that you were talking to, he breaks into her room and tries to, like, kill her. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to go in, well, you can choose not to. It doesn't make any difference, but you can choose not to go in. Does and, she die and or does she just beat get the beat shit up. out of the guy? Uh, she doesn't die. Yeah. And, nope. and by when you say you can go at this point, you are still controlling. You are still Scott Shelby. Right. Yeah. And you can lose the fight or you can win the fight. But with Scott Shelby, uh, he never dies throughout the game because he can't <laughs> because of the way the right. story has been built. Although I think that would have led to an interesting outcome. Uh but yeah. it, I guess in every fight, if you get owned as Scott Shelby throughout the whole game, your face just gets more like scarred up. Oh, um, that's pretty perfect. cool. So you 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 fight the fight and then you leave and then she's like, I might talk to you sometime later or you don't fight. And then she still talks to you anyway later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so 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 far we have uh, Ethan Mars, who is the father of the two dead kids. Uh, well, yeah. I'm sorry, one dead kid and Sean. Uh, yeah. And then you the have Sean's dead, dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then you have um, Scott Shelby, who is the P.I. who right. is investigating the origami killers uh, murders. And then we move on to our beautiful FBI boy, our dear, beloved Nam and Jaden. Uh, Nam and Jaden. He have fucking Nam and Jaden. Wear sunglasses outside. Nam and Jaden going to the wasteland. You know, if See, what David? What is the line when you arrive on the crime scene? Of if of you're the, looking for rain, traffic, and dead bodies, you've come to the right place. Let's go, dude. Let's go. Let, I'm in. If yeah. that was I the also, tagline, yeah. I would have played this. I, I also love the, only the use game of the word wasteland a word that people don't actually say no ever. yeah they say yeah. it like, here so... has a very specific meaning there's yeah. just a wasteland outside of town where all the bodies get dumped lauren and, and there's like, says it like in the previous scene she goes yeah. my son yeah, died on the wasteland as yeah. if we all You've know never what that had is. to find yeah. your son's body on a wasteland <laughs> yeah, it's I'm like, the famous... no, i haven't had to find anything on a wasteland <laughs> no, philadelphia think... wasteland <laughs> you know like, it feels like bad google translate that well, they wanted the word dump they wanted the word yeah. dump, but what it came back was as waste, like land of waste. Wasteland. Yeah. Th this isn't even a wasteland. This is just the space between an interstate and a railroad track. Yeah. yeah. It's actually it's just kind, kind of, of a nice. shitty place to be. <laughs> I'd live there. Okay, well, David and I disagree. Uh, <laughs> I'd ride the rails. David's I'd like, live I'm there. I'm going to build a homestead here. When he, puts on his, when he puts on his bullshit virtual reality glasses, there's like nice plant life around him. That's true. So yeah. like you can make, you can carve out a nice living there. <laughs> <laughs> As a horticulturist on the outskirts it's of Philly, it's a land. It's a startup land, if anything. <laughs> that's what makes Nam and Jaden. That's what makes him a little bit different than the other detectives around him because he has the power glove. So what you're saying is this yeah. detective yes, sure this detective's um, a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. it's different for all, the, for all the detectives. What's yeah. funny is if you, that he's not a rogue cop on the edge who doesn't play by the rules, though. <laughs> if anything, he is like the rule-abiding detective. He's the rules lawyer. Yeah. Right. His, his, whole, his whole thing, the thing that makes him complex is that he's addicted to drugs. But what the game doesn't want to tell you at the beginning is that you're supposed to do the drugs. 
The yeah. drugs are the only thing keeping your mind intact. Right, because if you he's don't not addicted take them, to drugs, he's just doing something that's going to harm him because the FBI decided to give everyone power gloves that make them insane, and the cocaine is the only thing keeping him alive. He's cracking cocaine. Uh, cocaine. <laughs> the what is it called? It's not called cocaine. It's called. It's called like tryptophan or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, trip, makes it real it sleepy. Tryptocaine. 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 There yes. it is. And and he keeps it's like a liquid in a vial that he like does like poppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little he, blue. Like, yeah. Gets the vapors off of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the you glasses. Know uh, the glasses don't do anything. Also, it 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 is a no, whole you other just, element that is like you could yeah you could just be using files. Just use files. <laughs> they make a, a heads up display appear where the clues are, which is just how the game works all ready yeah you just see things <laughs> pop up where they're so basically the glasses interest. the glasses were a way for the game to sort of justify the lore but yes it, it does justify through lore a design choice but ultimately yeah. who gives a shit like right. nobody but really disguising loading screens everyone else everyone else gets that design choice yeah right. nam and jaden is the only one that it goes out to justify it's not like I all think, of them have glasses that they can put yeah, on because this goes into this computer thing this power glove virtual reality headset goes into very weird places later that i think was just like david cage having the final say on everything and just being like oh also i want this sure yeah Oh, also, I want a saw thing. Oh, also, I want a big virtual world. Oh, also, I want. A but power I, but I think like David Cage, I I am I have this image in my head of him presenting all of these things as if it's common, like the, like the use right. of the word wasteland. So he's like, uh, as as they're finishing production, he's like, oh, and of course, you know, Nam and Jaden has uh, virtual reality glasses. What? <laughs> what do you mean? No, we we know this, right? He's a f- FBI agent. He has a n- virtual reality glasses to organize his files. There will be little tanks oh, okay. that come out at the end and like haunt him, I guess, forever. And then he just like leaves the room. Some designer pushes back and they're like, I don't think we should have this. And he's like, What are you, some kind of a faggot? <laughs> you some kind yeah. of a faggot, pussy bitch boy? Do you have a vagina instead of a penis? Because I think less of you. I will Photoshop your head onto Nazis, allegedly. <laughs> oh my God. So. Um, just to just to kind of clear this All then, because allegedly, I'll be perfectly honest. I, am, I don't want to get sued. I am slightly lost at the moment, which should come as no surprise. Uh, it's yeah. a hard plot to follow, even in the game. At if it this helps. point, we have now Norman Jaden, who is the other main character introduced. He is an FBI yeah. guy. He has r- virtual reality goggles that he needs yeah. to do cocaine in order for the goggles <laughs> to not kill him or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. That's correct. Awesome. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure I had that right. And yes. so yeah. Norman Norman is looking at the latest crime scene. Okay. Uh, the, the local PD victim. are not very happy that the FBI has now come on and like claim this is their jurisdiction. Sure. Now, is this is yeah. this crime scene? This is connected to what happened before, or this is a brand new crime scene now? This is the late. This is the latest kill of the origami. The origami, origami killer, killer, killer has struck right, again. Right, 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 right. Um, and so what happens is the origami killer kidnaps a kid. That kid is some place where they eventually get drowned by the rain. Yep. So they okay. only get kidnapped when the rain is going yeah, down. Yeah. So the murder weapon is heavy rain. Right. Yes. And then the kid's body, like his face gets covered in mud for some reason. Um, he gets an origami put in his hand mm-hmm. and then he's covered in chamomile? No. <laughs> no, orchids. It's, orchids. It's it doesn't covered in matter. Orchid. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's covered in orchids. <laughs> it sure um, doesn't, Josh. You think it does in the moment, but good God does if it you, not. If you manage to climb up to the interstate, uh, you find some tire tracks. Okay. So you know the the somehow the make and model of the vehicle that has dropped yeah based on tires that yeah right based on tires you know that it's a 
uh, a Pontiac Tempest <laughs> instead of a Buick Skylark. <laughs> yes. Yes. But that's not explained until the court scene much later on. Uh, yes. But there. Yeah. When Fred Gwynn shows up. And <laughs> but there is a uh, there is a billboard behind you if you manage to climb the interstate that's just a seal that says save me on it because <laughs> because indigo prophecy does that's great does actually. briefly deal with global warming and it's something that okay. David Cage is actually really obsessed with uh-huh. global warming it's like one of the only positive things about him not causing it like he's not promoting global warming he's not <laughs> well, pro is, global but warming the, but that, I mean that was also the one good thing about heavy rain right is it stopped clim- climate change from happening so. Yeah, because like, it cooled yeah. everything down. Right, right. Uh, it, yeah. It's throbbing six inches of heavy rain. <laughs> when you're balls deep in rain. <laughs> well, we meet the local detective. He sucks. Yeah, Carter whatever. Blake. Carter Blake. Carter Blake, another character Robin that has two Jayden first names. Carter yeah. Blake. He, he, he's the Stephen Botchko character. Very good. He's the guy who's just causing trouble <laughs> every step of the way. Okay. So we, yeah. we're, we're with Shelby, and he's interviewing a man named Husson. Uh, oh no! The that is convenience store, store scene, and everyone who talks to Shelby gets attacked immediately, <laughs> like a minute after talking to him. <laughs> um, and Shelby, Shelby ducks into this uh, bodega to get. An inhaler, which I guess you can just buy from the back shelf of a bodega. Sure, no, he's going in there initially to interview the store owner. He knows the store owner is one of the right. victim's parents. But yeah. he still has to go and, back and get that. And, yeah, because the, the guy's like, fuck you, I'm not talking to you. And he's like, okay, fine. Yeah. Can I get an inhaler? <laughs> and, yeah. There's a guy shows up with a gun, and then you as Shelby can choose to save the day so long as you walk slowly enough over the bag of potato chips that got dropped on the floor. High stakes. Also, Extremely I think there's a glass high bottle. Stakes. Yeah. Uh, but again, oh, the music yeah, is there's bump, a glass bump, bottle bump, you can bump, bump, bump into and knock over, and then you fight the guy for a bit, okay. and then maybe he shoots you and grazes you with a bullet, and you get another scar or whatever. Okay. Yeah. But um, uh, and again, none of this matters. It's a scene that passes by, but, no matter what you but do. But if you are playing the game the way the designers want you to play it, which is actually truly insane, you have to let Hassan die. You have to let the guy shoot him dead because it leads into the greater arc of this whole thing. Which uh, can we just talk about who the killer is at this point? Yeah, is that is, it? We yeah. all know. Well, so I'll introduce it this way. When I I remember when Heavy Rain was coming out, they before I had a chance to play the demo or anything, they put out a video on YouTube that was just this chapter specifically uh, of the convenience store. Yeah, and showing what you could do and how you had to watch your step over the potato chips and. In the top comment on the YouTube video, this is an era gone by so long ago now, it just had in all caps, Shelby is the origami killer, Shelby is the origami killer, Shelby is the origami killer, Shelby is the origami killer. killer." Well, uh, okay, and so they did like tests of this. They had playtesters play this game. At the end of it, it was like a hundred playtesters. They they had they had played this game, and at the end, not a single one of them guessed that Scott Shelby was the origami killer. Well, no shit. Yes. Yeah. So hold on. And did they think then, wow, this is so great. We did they such a good job. As this of course they did. Think so. achievement. Yes. That's yeah. so yeah. fucking stupid. Which yeah. is not how mysteries work. No. Right? Right. The whole yeah. point of a mystery. Well, unfortunately, it is how mysteries work, which is why I generally don't like them. No, that's well, I know. That, that, that's not. That scene from the end of Murder by Death with Truman Capote no, is 100% no, that's, true. That's, no, I, no, that's not the point of the genre. The genre gives you a number of different potential suspects who all have reasons that you could think that any of them are the guy. And so if nobody 
thinks that this guy could have been the guy, then it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's just I think stupid. That's like, like Conan Doyle, I think, has a quote about that. If nobody guessed your ending, then you've written a bad mystery. Right. And, and obviously yeah. you don't want everybody to guess added, your ending. By the way, right. fairies are real and I've seen them. <laughs> yeah. How do you fake a photo? Quote Conan Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> he really was the David Cage of his era. Yeah, the um, Cottingly fairies. Oh my god. So yes, uh, he is. He is of course Who the could origami killer. Sherlock Holmes is rival detective Nam and Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> and is the that, battle atop Rockenbach Falls is the reason that you wanted to raise that AJ that that, that there's something here that was already yes. making you think that he was the killer. Or no, 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 no. Oh. Because the way the developers want you to play the game, and the only way that the twist makes sense at all uh-huh. is that the reason that Scott Shelby is visiting all the victims of the origami killer or at least their parents is because he's trying to destroy all the evidence right, that would right, lead yeah. to right, his right, arrest right. so you have to let Hassan die because he uh, has like um, evidence against Scott Shelby basically right. in in all of his old mementos well, but if you if you save him he'll give you the box right but you don't know that as Scott Shelby do you know what I mean I, I suppose that's true. yeah if yeah, he yeah, dies yeah, he gives you the key to the uh-huh. uh, locker so if, you're, I think. if you're role-playing the character correctly yes then he would yeah let yeah. him die but uh, you would have to know that he's the killer and, and, and before playing you, the game right yes yeah correct. and because when you when you come across the women uh, who are the mothers of your victims the the fathers have disappeared in the meantime. Yes. Like since the son disappeared, before the son died, the, the fathers are nowhere to be found. Yeah. And and that except for in this one case, which will be important, I guess, sort of, in the way any of this is important. Sure. <laughs> so where um, do we go after this? So then then we find ourselves at the top of a an old firehouse, I guess. Yeah. Madison Page's apartment. Yes. yes. The Madison strangest Page. apartment. Wait, this is I've another guy. Seen. I'm so sick of this. This is. This is no. a. This is a. Josh. Madison Page is is a lady. Yes. Okay. Well, Madison and Page is our her only as lady. Such. Wait, is she yes. the one? Is yeah. this the shower scene stuff? Is this, this that is whole the thing? Shower yeah. Scene. She, okay. So you wake up. A lot of interactions that you do in this game is just someone goes and looks at something that you could already see. Yeah, and then kind of reacts to it, but their face yeah. doesn't change. Like maybe they just kind of like um, move it like a use, snake. When you use the computer in Indigo Prophecy, it's always the most insane shit because they build this whole like alternate history where Pakistan is about to declare nuclear war. Oh, on China that's right. But, um, <laughs> so Madison Page walks around her apartment a little bit, takes a shower, and there is some really like genuinely impressive animations on her taking off her clothes. They uh, spent very, a lot of time animating that, which yeah, once we get into sort of, of the office politics of Quantic Dream is going to make yeah. a lot more sense. Right. And, and this is one of those things where when people hacked into the game and found the character model like this, you, you do see her topless and you do see her ass, but like she has pubic hair yeah. that you would never see what? playing the game normally. And so much of this game, again, they're just trying to be like, this is adult. Right. This is art. We're so tasteful about the nudity. That it's like tastelessly broadcasting how tasteful right. it is. How does this compare with the Norman Reedus shower scene in Death Stranding? Is what I <laughs> oh, want to Well, because in Death Stranding, Hideo Kojima is sexually attracted to Norman. Yeah, Reedus. of course, yes. who isn't? Oh, 100%. And he wants you to know that. Right. It's the male game. <laughs> so gaze. it's far more respectable. Yeah, Hideo Kojima um, loves a good butt. Yeah, uh, look, yeah. I, I love loves a good man. The butt. way that dudes are objectified in his games 
through the male gaze. Yeah. Like that is anyway, we, we, this, this can already, it, yeah, get, it's, it's amazing. It's incredibly erotic yeah. and it's not, it's not remotely shy about right. it. Right. And that's, yeah. that, I think it's, that's, that's, you're, you're, that's exactly the frustrating thing. Sort of like you said, yeah, it's, it's right. It's hiding the ball around what the point of the thing is. Well, and, and the whole thing here is like, it seems like all of this game is trying to prove Roger Ebert wrong. Mm, that video game like, can whole thing. be art. We really are art. A game can be a movie. A game has tasteful nudity, which also Roger Ebert never really held that opinion um, sincerely. He just did it as like a thing to like on his Twitter account way back in the day. He was always sharing articles from people talking about why video games are art. Right. He just thought it was an interesting position to hold as a public figure. That that's just who Roger Ebert was, um, but, but it's a, David but it's Cage a clinical, was going to prove him wrong. It's a clinical, dry, sexless shower scene. Uh, yeah. I find nothing erotic about it, mm. and uh, yeah. it's uh, it's upsetting, frankly. Yeah, and, and when it's even then, worse is what happens next. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> a man breaks into her apartment, and then also maybe another man if you withstand his knife attacks for long enough. Yeah, it's a home and invasion you eventually scene. Okay. Right. You eventually get knifed to death. Yes. Oh. No matter what you do, you end up dead and you wake and, up and, and it's, it's a nightmare. It's a home invasion scene with really strong sexual overtones. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's really again, gross, but it's trying honestly. to be tasteful. It's trying it's trying to be edgy and tasteful and mature and adult. And then you wake up and the whole scene was a fucking dream and you move on to the next chapter. Yeah, it has no bearing on the rest of the plot. Everything that you did <laughs> means nothing. And the way that David Cage's opinions on women, particularly the women in his games, uh, allegedly, uh, you can tell that this character, I mean, is so underwritten and is basically there to heal the male character and then eventually fuck the male sure. character. You know, David brought up a very interesting point that Madison Page as a character could just as easily been replaced by, by Ethan's it wife. It should have been Ethan's wife. It doesn't make any sense that it's not. She comes to the police station. She does come to the police station and say, oh, you really twice. fucked very, very this briefly. up. Yeah, Twice. She comes That's and she right. says, That's why right. did you lose Sean? And then the second time she comes, she's like, I think my husband's the origami yeah. killer. So yeah. I think that's an even bigger uh, implication or uh, uh, indictment yeah. of David Cage's opinion of women. Oh, the, your wife's just going to throw you under the bus one day. Right. Uh, you know, you, she, she thinks I'm the origami killer. Uh, <laughs> I am really loving, I'm going to by Photoshop the way. her head onto this Nazi body. <laughs> it's, it's Tommy Russell, Russell, around the isn't office. It? <laughs> my favorite thing so far is the wildly different David Cage impressions that we're getting between <laughs> David and AJ right now. Neither of which I think are quite nailing the Quebecois thing, but I both appreciate both no. of them. I, no, both I, of, at this point I'm just doing Nam and Jaden. Yeah. <laughs> I will say it gave me the indication of who the killer was. I already knew who the killer was, but that established for me because Nor uh, Norman, uh, Madison, and Ethan all suffer from mental like hallucinations oh, or yeah, like yeah. some weird thing like that. And that is could be a red oh. herring to murder, but Scott Shelby has asthma. Oh, so yeah. Scott Shelby yeah. must be the killer. Right. <laughs> because right. they gave the other three <laughs> they gave the other three very obvious mental like red yeah. herrings and it's like oh the guy who has asthma yeah uh, he's the killer uh, for sure that's awesome yeah you you outspart you outsmarted david cage great job ah uh, i feel Th great this chapter is such a great microcosm of at least the first half of this game because it's all just illusory stakes mm -hmm. yeah right mm -hmm. and this chapter in all the other ones you have these choices you can make but they don't 
actually matter. There's no reason for you to be making the choices in the first place. And then this chapter drives it all the way home with, yeah. like, this didn't even happen. Ethan goes to his psychiatrist. Who works for a nefarious psychiatrist organization that has, uh, I guess, an office on the top of a church. Yeah. Or I mean, a skyscraper. Yeah. He, yeah. he has a big concrete sculpture in the middle of his office that just says ego. <laughs> I have had it up to here with big psychiatry. <laughs> yeah. Also, that psychiatrist is is just such a piece of shit later yeah. on. Like you, you go to a playground, Sean gets kidnapped. Oh, okay. Um, Sean gets kidnapped exactly at the moment where you decide to have a blackout. The origami yep. killer is really good at just targeting guys who are having random blackouts? Uh, which again makes right more sense if he's connected with Scott on some right. sort of right. like as a psychic thing. Right. But that's right. why they couldn't right. remove right. it. That's why they couldn't remove it because then otherwise Ethan's just a shitty dad. Right. Yeah. Who like there but was no way to rewrite be, how you know? he was supposedly loses yeah. Sean in that moment. Yeah. But like that is even stronger because then he's a shitty dad who becomes a good dad. Oh, you know, sure. Which is what the origami killer is looking for. But the, 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 um, the game is afraid to really like tell an interesting narrative. It needs that yeah. easy way out because if the game were to take the risk of making a narrative choice that might potentially alienate you to what the protagonist character is doing then it might alienate you to the game itself ironically though you're already very alienated from the game because of how much it fucking sucks yeah yeah and just how many barriers that it sets between you and actually buying into this world right i think right. it's very yeah. very important well that's why i think it was so important for the advertising to make you buy into the world the mm. advertising mm. had to go so hard on every choice matters because even when your choice doesn't matter, if you feel like it does, you will be more invested in the story. Right. And if you do go along with the, yeah, I will move the stick slower so that it replicates the action a little bit more realistically, then you will, by that tack, just by itself, become more invested in whatever the game is doing, no matter how stupid bullshit it right. is. Right, sure. Right. They end up at a motel. Yeah. You, you get some more Nam and Jaden stuff. You get a scene where Norman Jaden is just waiting and he's just throwing a virtual ball against a virtual wall to wait while he's yeah. using his power glove to just sit around mm -hmm. and play a video game inside the video game. It's not even a game. You're just bouncing a ball. You're, You're doing the one ball, single action. It. He's just overusing the VR that is killing him. Just, well, and then he's going to have to use more crack and cocaine to get yeah. high. So, Which yeah. he does. Yes. That's how the scene ends. Oh, okay. I, I, I yeah, actually, I did take a note on this. Rock and roll clown. I took a note on this moment specifically, which was eons of technological advancement has gotten us to the point where we can make an imaginary wall and an imaginary <laughs> ball to throw against that Hell wall. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, so now Nam and Jaden, he gets an office in the back of the off in, of the police station. Where he tries out the power gloves' other capability, which is sucking you off. Oh, okay. To cool. create an entire computer environment where he can look at the crime scene yeah. as though he's on Mars. And talk about like choices um, that you want to make. You can make it a rainforest. You can make it yeah. Mars. You can make can it be underwater. Underwater. That was my favorite. I've always, I've always, <laughs> this, this is answering the question that I always had, which is. What if I could look at all of the things that I've collected in terms of documentation yeah. as if it were Microsoft Bob work yes. environment? <laughs> yes, exactly. You have to physically um, like leaf through files. What if my library was outside? <laughs> the VR version of Clippy that it has is the bartender from The Shining if he was fake British. Yeah. Oh, yeah, weird. Because you start out actually in a lounge, right? Playing a piano yeah. and he appears as Mr. Jaden. 
Come here so for the you, usual. You, you end up at a motel. Madison also ends up at a motel because of the insomnia and night terrors that she has. Yeah. You just didn't, just like the prologues, you just didn't need that scene and you could have just met her. At Where's the mom at this point? Gone. Gone. Who, who, who fucking cares? Okay. Entirely gone. Um, <laughs> hanging out. She's just a bitch, basically. That's like the whole. Yeah, maybe she had a slight branch of the plot that was all the supernatural stuff. But, but probably, kinda, like, again, it, like, it speaks to how much the character cares about writing characters who you yeah. give a shit about, and especially yep. writing women. Like, when, when you're Shelby, you end up at the trailer of the most recent victim. If I'm. If I was calculating all of this correctly, the last victim, you end up at the trailer, you find that the mom is attempting suicide, you save her life, you feed her baby, you go to Scott Shelby's thoughts and he says, hmm, that must have belonged to the kid who disappeared. (laughs) Um, As though... (laughs) As though he doesn't know. And he's not doing this in a fugue state. He's doing it completely consciously. And so every time I played as Shelby, I checked his internal monologue to see what he was saying about things. That's the other and it betrayal. doesn't line up at all. Yeah. That's the other betrayal of the game mechanics. Yeah. yeah. Is that you are in the thoughts of the killer. Right. And the killer is like, huh, this killer guy, right. really clever. You have to be, wow. yeah, you have to be really <laughs> smart in misdirecting away from that stuff. Which they could have been, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, well, they do. They um, do. There is one point where you can go into Scott's thoughts, and he says, uh, "Well, Scott's thoughts. I've been so busy Scott's since thoughts, you- my favorite office episode." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you you go into his thoughts, and there's a line that he has where he says, "Well, I sure have gotten busy since the origami killer started killing again." <laughs> <laughs> business, business has really picked up for me. Yeah, and it's like it's like I mean, yeah, I guess he'd be thinking that, but I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, not in that way. Not like that. Yeah, like when you come across him as the killer, he never refers to the origami killer as like a separate persona. Yeah. It isn't like he is the big concrete ego sculpture and then there's another concrete sculpture that is origami killer. Scott Shelby's persona is our set. So when we're at the motel, this is another one of my one of the great (laughs) details. This is designed to be sort of a great American motel, but the room numbers follow European and I assume Canadian conventions Mm -hmm. so the second floor is where the 100 numbers are and the third floor is where the 200 numbers are right i see what you're up to canada you ain't getting down here anytime soon (laughs) um yeah sure you won the war of 1812 but now fucking what they only have they only have two floors that's why brian i I didn't nothing nothing exceeds three floors in canada you're gonna burn down dc again (laughs) because come on do it do it burn down dc again i'm not joking (laughs) just go right ahead brian i'm not gonna stop you i i i wait it until this moment to tell you, but David is actually Canadian. <laughs> I'm here true? to arrest you. I'm here to arrest you, Brian. <laughs> is that true or is that a bit? No, no that's that's absolutely true. Huh. This is this is a, a very carefully constructed accent that David Armstrong is doing. Yeah, He's I'm actually trying Montreal. to hide my Quebecois accent oh, as yes. we do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do a flawless David Cage. You want to know why? Because David actually, Armstrong. I am David Cage. <laughs> oh, no! oh no! I'm Scott Shelby. Oh, fuck, my God. Oh, fuck, fuck. Oh. Let's oh. wait for six inches oh. of rain. The fatal amount of rain. <laughs> the perfect amount of rain um, to kill a kid is six inches? Yeah. What I do enjoy about this game, again, because they're trying to do the Steven Bochco thing, I guess, is the cops just do everything wrong and fuck everything up oh, and are very, like, every mean. Turn. So, like, you, you investigate at one point, one of your suspects is this very religious schizophrenic dude who's very clearly, like, not really a harm to anyone except himself. Yeah. And then you have a chance to just kill him as Norman. Like, all you do is break into his apartment illegally 
and uh, harass him when he yeah. comes home. So this yeah. part, of the, game, this part of the game him. is actually realistic, is what yeah. you're saying. You can tell that David Cage is like, I want an action sequence here. And the tenor's like, yeah. well, yeah. What, what do we want to happen here? Like, how does this progress the story? And he's like, I, I don't understand the question. It's all <laughs> dead ends. It's all dead ends. It could be cumulative to the origami yeah. killer themselves. Right. Like, they get in a chase sequence with the origami killer. They get into a fight with the origami killer, but they don't. It's all these dead ends that all these characters keep following. And right. they're like, oh, well. All right. Now now that's over. As it stands, you could have a much stronger game by cutting at least a third of the content from the main story. Because then you'd actually just be left with most of the decisions that actually are consequential. Right. Um, So so at what point then do we actually get to the sort of the saw part of this, right? Getting trapped by the origami killer or whatever. They get to the, they get to the, the, the motel, which becomes Ethan's bat cave. Uh And uh, he opens this, (laughs) he opens this box and there's five origami figures. Okay. And And a cell phone and a cell phone and eat. And the cell phone has some grainy ass footage of, I think it's supposed to be Sean Mm. Uh, stuffed in a grate in a storm drain. Yeah. (laughs) In a storm drain. Yeah. And then he, uh, and then you, you once open the, each once of the Once the great sees six inches of rain, you're gonna see some <laughs> that serious kid's shit. Dead. Yeah, that kid that is kid's yeah. dead. That kid's drowned. The ankle is the key to the heart. So you know, if it gets ankle deep, then that kid's dead. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a heart heavy, stops. It's a heavy drain. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and so all these origami figures, oh, this is also where the plan completely falls apart uh-huh. and the logic of this game goes out the fucking window sure. because how the hell does the origami killer know which one of the origami figures Ethan is going to open up in order to make it the perfect order that he doesn't immediately die? One of the tasks is drink this poison that will kill you in an hour, which That's has to point. be the final yeah. one. Otherwise, you can't possibly solve <laughs> any of the other trials. Yeah. So how the hell does Scott Shelby know these victims are going to pick the ones in this order? Like, it's I actually impossible. I also want to know impossible. how Scott Shelby rented that space in particular because everything else is, is abandoned or dingy. <laughs> and then for the last task, you enter the set for 2001 A Space Odyssey <laughs> to drink the poison. It's all well lit. There's all these like stage lights like pointing at the at the yeah. vial of poison. But anyway, that, it's like that's like people would notice. So oh, it's, absolutely. It, it's just like a, it's like the Joker did it. Yeah, it's like yeah. the Joker <laughs> did it in Arkham yeah. City. I was yeah. going to say like this is this is like this is dumb. This is just stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's absolutely yeah. Oh, dumb. God, I wish it knew. I wish right. it had that sort of yeah. sweary because this this throws out it. the window any pretense of it being a serious story. I mean, right. this yeah. is this is. The stuff up until uh, up until this point, obviously, was differing levels of silly to absurd. But at this point, yeah, it's yeah. just dumb. Yes. If there was interesting stuff going on or, or like you said, like if there was actual risk involved in the stories in the risk story of rain. Yeah. <laughs> if there was leading up to this heavy risk, <laughs> if there was like that all leading up to it, then you would you would be willing to forgive and ignore things like what order did he have to open the origami mm-hmm. in? Yeah. You yeah, know, right. but because there is absolutely nothing going on, you're forced to sit there and think about these things like what if he what if he'd opened the poison one first? You're absolutely yeah. right. So the origami killer gives Ethan these 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 things that he has to do. He has to crawl through a bunch of glass and then walk yeah. through like. Well, a, like, well hold on, hold on. Lines. I think I think I think we should start with the very first task because he does not do the poison one first. He instead chooses a task called the bear, and we'll tell you what the bear is after this commercial break. Oh. Hello, listeners. It's me, Norman Jaden, former member of the FBI and big boy detective who solved the case of the origami killer. Has this ever happened to you? 
You're sitting at your desk, minding your own business, wearing your AR glasses that are slowly cooking your brain like a hard-boiled clam, and you decide you need a big swig of refreshing orangina, so you take off your glasses when all of a sudden, uh-oh, there's little computer tanks invading your everyday life? Then you need tryptocaine. It's got the soothing quality of a large turkey dinner with the revitalizing kick of weapons-grade cocaine. It's the perfect remedy for any ailment. Nosebleeds. So get a vial of tryptocaine today from any doctor on a universal health care Listeners, I gotta come clean. Things have not been going well for former FBI detective Norman Jaden. Over the course of a few days, Norman Jaden watched one guy get shot and two human bodies pop like meat balloons. I tried to take my mind off things by going on kilometer-long walks and watching Succession. You know, with Matthew McFadden. Norman and Jaden loves Matthew McFadden. But I just keep thinking about those poor kids drowning under 15 centimeters of rainwater, and there's only so many times you can throw an imaginary ball against an imaginary wall before you start wondering, is this real? Is anything real? Does any choice I make ultimately matter? Oh no, Mom and Jaden's fading. Just need a little. Oh fuck yeah! That's the stuff. Trip the cane. What are you gonna do? Not go through your files on Mars? Uh. I know this doesn't. I, I know this really doesn't lead into into things, but I would just like, just for the record, um, I wrote. I have a note in here that just says, "David quotes while playing Heavy Rain," and these were <laughs> things I heard David yell. Oh yeah, just let's just read these. The this, will be, this will be a great way to get back into it. Go for <laughs> it. Uh, why can't I put on clothes? I want to live. That's Madison. <laughs> I forgot you could get up fast or you can get up slow like Ooh. an old man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it should be noted, he said this truly despairing, like as if somebody close to him had like deeply, deeply wronged him. Mm. AJ, I can't juggle. <laughs> yeah. The juggling thing, it's so long. You have to hit so many prompts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't even get to play that's as a, prompto. That's an Indigo no. Prophecy holdover. Actually, the, everything you do in Indigo Prophecy, it, it takes like five minutes. That was a question that I had about um, the, the detective with the virtual reality whatever. Is he mm-hmm. at least able to play as prompto or... <laughs> No, yeah, he's, he's locked. He's locked he, behind he a paywall. Not. Yeah, he doesn't actually. He, he. I don't think he lives long enough. Although I guess mm. with him being in Detroit, that's an Easter egg for our listeners who, uh, listen <laughs> who, to no who just finished listening to no the no cartridge podcast uh, episode that just came out today. Yeah, yeah. He is the trial version of the glasses, and he doesn't have the DLC. Right. Where you get to play right. Prompto. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, However, uh, Nam and Jaden loves the Arden episode. He loves playing as <laughs> yeah. Arden. 
So let's. I love. I love Gnome and Jaden. <laughs> let's get back I into. Love, let's get. I love New Order Joy Division. With <laughs> then the Bear Trial or whatever the, the fuck. Bear t- trial. Yeah. Tell me more about this. So well, you go to a local leather bar. <laughs> yes, and, you have, and your sinister task. Um, it's like it's like what someone said. You know, you want a bloody Mary, you go to a bear bar and you call someone Mary. Um, <laughs> so um, you uh, you are sent so dumb. coordinates. I love old homosexuals. Great old gay joke. <laughs> you are sent to. You are given the coordinates for a auto repair shop basically and when you go there he's like uh, I hear you have a car for me and he's like oh yeah uh, the auto mechanic who seemingly <laughs> knows this man sees Ethan and it's like yeah Ethan is Scott Shelby I recognize you you gave me that car a year ago and we've just been driving it around for you just waiting it's it's a back to the future three situation you know <laughs> yeah like, are you Mr. McFly yeah we've yep. been holding on to this letter since 1885 <laughs> it suggests right. all car mechanics do this this is a typical <laughs> yes. American thing you can yeah. have them Wait, hold I mean, the car it means for a that year Shelby yep. has done this a number of times with a number of different mechanics true That's yes um, yeah. Where yeah. does so he get the money? I don't know. He doesn't I, live well. He does not. I mean, his apartment's actually not terrible. He's in a bad part of sure, town. Sure, but it's rent control. Does he make money investigating his own crimes? Yeah. <laughs> is it like a, it's does like he a, make money as a PI? It's like I a murder she wrote does, kind yeah. of situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long before Angela Lansbury kills oh, again? No. She's going to get mine. It seems pretty clear by the end that Scott Shelby is not working for anyone throughout this entire game. No, no. He has a pension, mission. though, because he's a retired cop. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. We give them too much money. <laughs> there defund. we go. Defund. That's actually, defund? defund the police is actually the moral of Heavy Rain. Not <laughs> well, enough for talking actually, about this. That's In one of the things I think Heavy Rain does well. It's just like he is a serial killer who's also an ex-cop, which is statistically true. Thanks, woke um, David Cage. So they have, uh, so he gets the car from the mechanic. What I love about every single one of the Origami Killer's trials, right, is that there is a SIM card at the end of it that he puts into the phone and gets another like piece of the puzzle to get the address to where Sean is being held, right? And he never thinks when he goes into any of these scenarios to just break shit until he finds the SIM card. He always goes along with the yeah. plan like a good little victim and then gets the information to then find the SIM card. And this one even gives you a prompt to open up the glove compartment. And it's like, well, it doesn't open. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just kick it open. Just kick open the glove compartment. But presumably he's being surveilled the whole time. So like if he were to not follow the rules, then maybe, you know, um, like, right? Well, no, presumably, he, no, presumably, he but I don't think knows he knows when he's being surveilled, actually, because mm. yeah. it's, it's like a when you walk into Walmart and there's the security camera and the monitor looking at you, smile, you're on right. camera. That's what it's like every time he's being surveilled. He can always see the camera and the like monitor. Mm. It's like when Zoom records you and goes, the, the meeting is now being recorded. Yes. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, so Ethan races against traffic. Yeah. Yeah. He oh, drives, right. he drives to a trial. highway and uh, it's just like you have to drive against traffic for five minutes. You can't die during this sequence. You can't. Which is bizarre because Ethan can die. Yeah, he Ethan sure can, can die, die in other chapters. Just not yeah. yet. Just not yeah. yet. 
Um, that's actually one of the big things that like everyone touts is sort of like this revolutionary thing for Heavy Rain is that uh, any one of the protagonists can die at any time. You could, I think, is there? I think there's an ending where everybody but Scott dies, right? Yeah. There is actually, yeah, like like it's a total deaths failure. can and do happen in in ways that's like, yeah, the game's just going to keep going, which I totally respect. But there's far more <laughs> occasions like this or anything with Shelby where it's like, no, this death's not going to happen. Yeah. Yep. Well, to um, be fair, the bear sequence is also really difficult because it's a gray cloudy yeah. day and all of your prompts for the quick time events are grayed out entirely yeah. uh, is this a choice or is it just the game being fucking annoying um, it's just annoying i think it's just yeah. annoying it doesn't it doesn't really lead to any sort of artistic right point the, the weirdest thing that it does is it alternates between using the right stick and using the motion controls mm-hmm. to yeah. steer around so the traffic. uh what and happens if you're playing this game as as just a general rule? Play it on easy mode. Yeah, play it as prompto. Play but as play prompto. it on easy mode because any of the harder modes, oh, yeah. you start getting into like more complicated button presses okay. that just sometimes don't work. Uh, sure. And yeah. it's the game is much more <laughs> enjoyable if you have to press as few buttons as possible. So what ends up happening then uh, at the end of this bear trial? Uh, he gets the SIM card and he gets another. Uh, well, first of all, he flips the car. The car explodes. Okay. Uh, and yeah. he gets the SIM card. You have to escape like the flaming car. Uh, and you get the SIM card. Yeah. You put it in and it starts to reveal an address uh-huh. that is so clearly almost immediately something Roosevelt. Uh-huh. And yeah. instead <laughs> yes. of like trying to research what. And like, I think it like starts with an are. 11. So like you, you actually have a lot of clues right at the very beginning that you don't. You don't utilize it all. Yeah. You just have to go through all the trials in order to get all the things in the order, even though you as the player are like, right. it's Roosevelt Avenue. Like, it's 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 so clearly so, Roosevelt so Avenue. So that's one trial down, what, four to go? Yeah. So so yeah. then you go to this warehouse, you crawl over glass. Right. Yes, that's right. You walk through some electrical pylons. Glass. And again, if you fail this one, you just... Like, if you get hurt enough, it doesn't kill you. It just makes Ethan go out the door that says coward. Yeah. And, uh, it's the no-no so door. So you can actually not complete some of these, okay. which could have been interesting which can mean that ethan doesn't find the the address sure yeah. yes um the third one is the most saw one of them where yeah. you have to cut off a, the tip of your finger oh okay yeah uh and yeah. you have different ways of real yeah you you have to like find implements around the house and you can cauterize you can Ooh. disinfect you can whatever it doesn't really matter yeah you just have to cut it off yeah and what's i think i think there could have been an interesting thing like if you didn't like cauterize the wound or if you didn't disinfect it that you would like actually slowly get infected over the course of the game that could end yeah. up with him dying but uh, every time you get hurt and you finish a trial you come back and madison treats your wounds at the motel oh okay yeah that's so their that's, sole that's purpose their in the game yeah, of course again they, they all of these women just serve as accessories to the, the male protagonists in yes. some way shape or form either uh, to advance or block their yeah. objective because then there's one where you have to kill a guy oh so yeah. you kill the you other father kill the guy yeah wait yeah, he's a father but he he he's a drug dealer he's a shark it's the shark trial isn't it yeah, yeah, it's a shark yeah. trial, and he has yeah. a shotgun, and she's just around his apartment shooting like on you. Shark, yeah. Like, yeah. Sh- it's Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank? <laughs> it sure yeah. is. It's, it is Kevin O'Leary. Yeah. You break into his apartment Cana- and kill him. So <laughs> yeah. and, then, and, then, and then your last one is that uh, you have to drink poison that'll kill you in an hour okay. yeah. in the 2001 room. Right. Um, after the, 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 the one where you join the triads... Um, mm-hmm. You have to evade the police too. In the, you're you're in like this very not populated part of the city. There's not a, any pedestrians out on the street when you run away because of your ex-wife, yeah. the bitch. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I don't remember her name, and that's that sucks. Yeah. That deeply sucks. They they start going after you. They find your psychiatrist. You as as Nam and Jaden watch the other guy beat up the psychiatrist, and then you go after Ethan. And then as Ethan, you run away because Madison comes by somehow, and she helps you. And you go from the least populated uh, block in Manhattan <laughs> to the busiest to the train most station, populated subway station. <laughs> In the world. And there's weird clipping through other people. It's so populated. (laughs) What's weird is that David Cage and the design team managed to predict the Second Avenue subway because that's what the stop looks like. It looks like those tops, those top stops on the queue. That's funny. Mm. Uh, (laughs) But we are Um, still in Philadelphia, technically, right? Sure. Sure. Question mark. Sure. Um, I'll be honest. Here's the thing. Also, uh, at, at this point, again, all I'm doing is listening to the descriptions of this game, right? Yeah. And yeah. at this point, just so you have a sense of where my head is at, yeah. I'm like, it has been painful to listen yeah. to just hearing what this is like. I can't even imagine how awful it must be playing this game. It and having to experience good. it over the course of like, how long is this game? Like 15 hours, maybe? Like, is ish? 10, 15? Uh, maybe. Yeah, it's, 10, it's not, 10 it's to 15 hours yeah. if you go But it fast. is very boring in a lot of places. So, yeah. like, that, that sound, this sounds horrible i hate you know it what? the critics ate this shit up josh not yeah. all of them so when you cut your finger off that's also the first point where an actual variable event can happen you can get arrested or not at which point yeah, yeah you, or or you don't you you escape on the subway but at which point apparently I, i've never gotten arrested i, I got arrested what questions game. do you have about getting arrested uh but the detective don Jaden, yeah he just rescues you yeah you yeah, say but like you, doesn't you have ask to... you for like the fucking letters that you've managed to get right. from the origami killer yet. Nope. He doesn't ask for any clues. He's just like, I know in my heart it's not him. I'm gonna help him escape the police station. Okay. Ask not what Ask not <laughs> what, what Nama Jane can, can do, do for you. For you. <laughs> but what you can do for Nama Jane. Right. Norman Kennedy. So, there's two points where you can get arrested. And if you escape and then get arrested again, like then then Ethan's just in prison for the rest mm. of the game. I actually don't think there's an ending where he is dead. But he is in prison, at least. Okay. He does, oh, no, no, there is an he ending where he's dead. In so um, Madison starts investigating on her own. I don't even know how she's getting any of the information to go to any given place. Well, she's a journalist, know, Brian. That's yeah. the plot even twist with her is that she's on. secretly a journalist. So she goes yeah, not to, oh, she was uh, to forgive her I love for those being secret a journalist. journalists. That's <laughs> yeah, so she goes, she goes out to Queens. Or, you know, Queens, Philadelphia. Queens, Philadelphia, yeah. And uh, she visits Colin Mockery at his house. <laughs> and How dare you? <laughs> he's like this Dr. Feelgood. I don't know what he... I, I, whatever. Was, so oh, she he owns the building where uh, he got his finger cut oh, off. So right, they're trying right. to track down wh- who got the lease for who, the building. Owns the bu- Josh, is this thrilling? Well, Does this no, sound I, thrilling? I, I, you see my face right now? <laughs> Josh. Yeah. So this stuff doesn't <laughs> make so any bad. sense. And it, and it makes even less sense that she would actually make it follow that line to him in the first place. Yeah. Um, it's just another excuse so, to put a woman in peril. It's really So Colin Mockery is a doctor feel good and he <laughs> gives drugs to people or whatever and she's like, I want some club drugs. I just love going to the club and And he's like, no. And she's like, please? And he's like, sure, come on in. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then he's like, and then he's like, by the way, have this wine. And then if you drink it, you're drugged. Uh, then he tries to cut you into little pieces in his basement. Wait, who does this? The doctor. Colin Mockery. Why? 
Oh, the for achievement you get for not drinking the wine, by the way, is called Clever Girl, and it made me <laughs> so girl. angry. It made me viscerally Wait, why? angry. Why? 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 What does that why? have to do with Jurassic why Park? Does the I, mean, fucking, that's the, um, doctor... I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing, Josh, is that all of the people that like you do end up chasing are terrible people they're right. just dead ends like that guy yeah there's also the guy right uh, it's just we, because david cage wanted to put yeah. in a couple other movies right. in the middle right. of this right movie. right you can end up in the basement and then he can potentially kill you yeah uh, so then no. madison is dead sure the why not then, then she's sure. just we really gone. cared about and, madison and it's, sure. yeah, it's like goodbye we hardly knew you hey, josh what um, is madison's last name <laughs> beer madison beer great oh, yes very nice yeah madison page okay. yes <laughs> Two, um, two first names. Two first names. <laughs> okay. Beer is not yep. a first name. No. Uh, but but Bia Jaden. Fuck you. Beer is a first name. <laughs> Bia Jaden. <laughs> Be, because of the clues that Najan has found on his own, without using the help of the guy he may have imprisoned, mm-hmm. uh, and then helped escape, or you know anything with Shelby, and we'll get to Shelby again later. But Norman ends up. How much up later? At this. How much later? <laughs> Norman ends up at this uh, this lot. However long it's interminable. This, 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 However long it takes. This gigantic yeah. scrap heap uh, owned and operated and staffed entirely by one man. Oh, yeah. One incredibly determined man who greets you with the line, Hey, Quacker! What you oh, doing no. in there? Yes. Voiced by the same guy, the same white man who voices Hassan at the yep. convenience store no. earlier. So yeah. to give you a sense Why? of the no. man who provides the voice for this character, yes. uh, he looks like Louis C.K. <laughs> he sure does. Um, if Louis C.K. didn't cut his hair. Like, that's what he looks like. I was listening um, I was listening to this man speak and say these lines, and David was in the room, and I turned to David and I said, <laughs> uh, what are the chances that this is a white guy doing this voice? And David said, the accent is a little broad. <laughs> I said, the chances are 100%. Which is like it saying is that Hindenburg a was a bad day. Yeah. So, yeah. of course, this is a game that, that still uses a lot of like traditional animation, uh-huh. but it does use a lot of performance capture for a lot of its scenes. It always loves showing in the behind-the-scenes sequence how many setups they use to film the dream right. sequence that Madison Page had. They probably did more work on that scene than anything the else dream in the game. The where she gets stabbed that doesn't matter? Yes, yes. Okay. because David Cage is a big pervert. Right. Yeah, but Brian, um, that scene had titties, so that's what, that's the only yes. reason they spent all that time on that. So that means that there are, yeah, some people who are just model, uh, voiced by the same person over uh, a few different things. They might have some different performance captures, and they might have different models. A lot of these characters are, like, scanned mm. and not necessarily performed. So what you'll find in the credits is that there is a model credited for the uh, the body of Mad Jack, which is the name of this junkyard owner. His name is Frederick Bandebong. Okay. Uh-huh. Frederick Bindebong. <laughs> which, guess what happens when you type in that name into Google oh, no. or Facebook or anything on the internet whatsoever. I'm, I'm I don't really know if scared. I want to know the answer, but I'm let's really find scared. out. You will find only things referencing this character in Heavy Rain yeah, is... because Frédéric Bandebong does not That's exist. not a real guy. Okay. He is not real, and uh... neither is the model for Hassan. These are uh, smoke screens. <laughs> These are memories so that David no, Cage made up. No, it's actually not racist. Of minorities. We didn't make a racist caricature. There's a real 
black guy. Don't ask me about him. He lives in Canada. But we also live in Canada. Ignore me. Ignore me. Please, God. <laughs> There's a quote that we're going to get to from David Cage, uh, which I think will help put a lot of his, his racial biases oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm excited in context. to get to that point because I, I saw that I, quote. It's yeah. fucking cool. We're going to cover that when we get more into the Quantic Dreams toxic yeah. work environment well, and I want to... How much more do we have to talk about with the game itself? Because I do want to make sure we that we can spend to. a good bit of time yeah, talking about the creation more, of this there's game. There's more going on. Um, there's more going on. So, so Junkyard Jones is a murderer. He's yeah. also a murderer. He's another, he's all, <laughs> how many fucking killers are there in this town? That's uh, what I'm so saying. He, uh, yeah, because you, Matt Jack you throws like look, his victims in a vat of acid <laughs> that he just yeah, has and he does, so he's also the Joker. You just yeah. walk yeah. over to a corner of the garage <laughs> and you just an see a skull. <laughs> yeah, there's a you skull know, floating you know, in it. So he's not even the using old, hydrofluoric. The old, the old acid corner yeah, in the yeah, junkyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We all know it. <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely have been in the acid corner before, but you know, not that kind of acid corner. If you know what I'm saying. Then he tried junkyard, and I worked exclusively the acid pit. <laughs> yeah. So then you get into a fight with him, and then if if Norman Jane loses this fight, he can either die or narrowly escape and kill Frederick Bindabong, or a uh, real real man, real human man, yeah. Frederick Bindabong. Noted real guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume it's the French Canadian equivalent of naming a guy Jack Boobadoo. Yeah. Um, so if if that happens, if you lose that first fight. Norman Jaden's journey is over. He's not going to be able to like solve the rest uh-huh. of what he's an not going to figure out who the origami killer is. Yeah. yeah. But if you make it through and and you get the the answers from him and you arrest him properly and the only way you do it is by taking the cocaine. Oh. You have to take the cocaine. Yeah. Once you win the fight, Drugs he goes through good. like a whoa and then you Drugs just have to take the cocaine good. and then you're fine. <laughs> Drugs um, are good. So then then he gets arrested, you get your next little clue, which means that Norman Jaden and Madison Page are both about to go to the same place. Scott Shelby, in the meantime, has teamed up with that woman from the motel, and they go to, like, this this clockmaker's <laughs> store. This is the scene where the this whole is twist, the scene this where is the where game completely okay. crosses the line into just absolute bullshit. Yeah. Because she hands him this letter, and Scott Shelby is like, hmm, this letter looks like it was typed up on an old typewriter. He says standing next to his old typewriter. <laughs> he's actually leaning um, against the typewriter when he says oh, that's this. that's so good. Well, it turns out to be a different typewriter, but that's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> it does sound to be They go to this this antique clock guy who I guess is also a typewriter guy. He's an and old then, guy. Uh, he knows antiques. No. Yeah, so he was around when him, they were invented. And he's like, well, I'm the only guy who repairs typewriters around here, so I'll just check my records to see... Who's repaired? Right. Who's got? Who who brought it in? Keep in mind, and, you uh, are in control of Scott Shelby for this entire sequence. There is yeah. not a single moment where Scott Shelby is out of your yeah. sight. Sure. And then he goes back, and then Scott's like, "Hmm, I'm gonna check on him back there." And then he goes back there. The guy's dead, and the phone is off the hook, and 911 has been called, and a window is open. And Scott's like, "Fuck!" He closes the window. And he hangs up the phone and he's like, wait, I have to wipe my fingernails off. Fingernails? <laughs> he was cutting his fingernails and just screwing them about the watch Wait, I store. have to wipe my fingerprints off of everything. Mm. So then you have to go around and wipe your fingerprints off of any, everything or the police get you. But they don't arrest you. You just have a small cut scene where the police officer is like, 
well, you should have just told us that someone got <laughs> murdered there. And they let um, you go. Yep. That sequence is actually, I think, very cool. And it's it's a thing that reminded me most of Indigo Prophecy, which is just like you have to cover your yeah. tracks and you have to like rack your brain to remember, remember what, what the fuck did and, I touch yeah. in this room? Because if you miss yeah. anything, the cops, it, the camera will focus and, on it at the end. What yeah, I ended up cool missing was the door you, I came in. That's yeah. cool if you're not the yeah. killer. Yeah. Yeah. But so you're playing the, game, the killer in this the scene. The game yep. plays that scene completely as a straightforward thing. And they could have gotten away with it because Scott at this point is investigating this rich kid, this rich pervert kid yeah. who killed another child. Okay. And my memory of playing the game the first time, I think this is what I walked away from, was that the woman that you were with, the woman at the motel, the whole reason Scott was doing all of that stuff was because he was investigating the person who was the copycat killer and that her oh. son was killed by the copycat killer. But no, the kid killed by the rich kid copycat killer was some kid you never actually see in the story. You don't meet any of his family. It has nothing to do with anything. Scott Shelby goes and then he kills the the rich guy and everything. Yeah. And, and that's all done after they try to kill him. And then the lady maybe dies or whatever. That could have actually been Scott's whole plot is just investigating the copycat killer. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's not. It just happens to be a side thing for this main thing of him investigating the killing that he did and faking you out on killing the typewriter guy. But the typewriter guy could have been killed by the rich kid. They could have just done that. Right. Instead, they didn't. And this whole thing culminates. uh, Ethan figures out where Sean is being held, either through guesswork or drinking poison and getting the full address. Um, No, there's there's another thing we have to talk about here. A couple other things, because Scott goes to this grave. Oh, right. We got to do the backstory. And then there's this dead kid. <laughs> AG, there's this your, dead your, kid. your face now resembles my face. I love oh, this. Oh, God. I forgot there's about the backstory. There's this dead kid, and then the rich guy whose son is the copycat killer, he leaves flowers at the dead kid's grave. That amounts to nothing, too. He it owned just, the construction scene site. That happens. Yeah. yeah. But the, then you get a flashback to the dead kid because the groundskeeper is like, Ah, yes, I remember that day in 1978. And so then he goes and tells this story about Scott Shelby and his brother when they had different names, uh, (laughs) doing parkour together, and then Scott Shelby's brother gets caught under the water, and you see him get caught under the water, and then it just cuts away, and the groundskeeper is like, and then he died. You yeah. later do watch him drown. God, how many uh, more ways did they have to like tell the same beats of the same story multiple yeah, times yeah. over and over again? Like this just sounds like a fucking mess. Like yeah. And then as Madison, you go to the nightclub that Colin Mockery, I guess, had a ticket to. I don't. Who knows? Um, oh but God, you the nightclub. And then you strip <laughs> for Louis C.K. actually playing a character that's modeled after him. Mm, yeah, Canadian mm-hmm. Louis C.K. I guess. Uh, you that's, strip, that's she, take, he plays, she takes her clothes off. Canadian, somebody Canadian. who's like a cross between a Mexican and uh, like maybe he's also Spanish and also Portuguese. But he's I, speaking. I wrote I wrote my note that says, I know there's no specific way that Latin American people or Latin American descended people should look. <laughs> but why is this drug lord being played by Philip Seymour Hoffman? <laughs> Louis C.K. was born in Mexico. So. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Which is very misleading, uh, his name being but, Louis Canadian Canadian. But my favorite thing is that when you investigate this guy, because then Norman Jaden shows up after you do that stripping scene. The origami killer kills Louis C.K. Mm. Norman Jaden has a fight with the origami killer, which is where he gets his final clue to be able to figure everything out. Right, and the origami um, killer does not actually have Scott Shelby's physical build in that scene. No, he's they slightly thinner. Totally yeah. different body model. 
yeah. doesn't make any sense yeah he wears a girdle when he goes out as the shadow right. yeah um, but then when they replay the sequence later to reveal that it's him it's his same body model again yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so you fight with that thing again. Yeah, they cheat. When you examine the dead body of of uh, maybe Mexican, maybe f- from Lisbon, Portugal, Louis C.K. When you scan him, it says that he was born in Boston. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then there's a motel chase. That's probably the most fun that you'll have in this game. <laughs> yeah, you do have sex with Madison first. Ethan and Madison can have sex. Yeah, if you want That's all great. Um, cool. Yeah, on the floor. It's, they don't go to cool. the hotel bed. That's so they're just great. on the ground. Awesome. Love it. Upsetting. But the motel chase yeah. is cool. I like it. I think it's very well done. And then you jump off a hotel roof and don't break your legs. So good on good on him. He did a Zelda yeah, roll so, at the end. So Scott and Lauren they end up in a car. Scott kills all the the the, the rich people right. and his guards. The scene where Scott mows everyone down with his gun too. You're just pressing the circle button the whole time. Yeah, right. <laughs> whole time. Just one button. And then Madison finds out about an old lady. This old lady ends up being <laughs> Scott Shelby's real Why? mom, and she has dementia. I don't know they how just, Madison finds. Just, they just, they just introduce a brand new guy. Yes. So so Scott, <sighs> who is, again, the only American voice actor, when he's a child, he's, of course, Quebecois. Uh, doesn't speak a lick of English, you know, getting through those <laughs> those lines as phonetically as possible. Um, the, all also, the children have nightmare and, teeth, by the way, too. His mom, who was American when she was teeth. young, uh, she's now British. Okay. Um, <laughs> And not, she's so British that even the electrical wall plugs behind her in her bed in this nursing home, they're also British. Well, she has Alzheimer's, um, Brian. Yeah. She doesn't remember. She remembers the plugs she in her her accent. Um, <laughs> and so then you have to find clues around the room, and then she'll eventually give you the name Scott Shelby, but you, the player, won't know that yet. Yeah. It's um, whispered to Madison. And, yeah. and then her but eyes get why? big. And her and eyes get big. It's a big shot. To, oh, my God. Is that when Scott burns everything? But it also doesn't mean anything to Madison. This Scott is, Shelby no, is a meaningless not. name. This is such yeah. a bad, someone that she can look up, Just from I a guess. dramatic yeah. perspective, this is so fucking inept. Like, yeah. the, the, the yeah. construction of all of this, it doesn't make sense. It's gesturing toward the existence of some sort of coherent plot or some sort of yeah. coherent twist by somebody who doesn't understand how to structure yeah. an error. Right. So, again, yeah. this is a relatively short game. Um, I feel like we've been talking about it for 10 hours. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, Josh, here's the, the thing. thing. This is the trial. Well, listen, this is one of the Oregon <laughs> Killers trials. This is the peacock. Right. This Woo! game does not take a lot of hours to beat. And also, the actual challenge of it is low, right? If you fail, even in the, the cases where failure actually exists, the game keeps going. Right. right? There's, you don't replay anything. Yeah. Less than half of players beat this game. Huh. <laughs> Less than half that's stay incredible. through to the end. By beat, wow. by beat, a game that's pretty much on autopilot. By beat, you just mean complete in any way, shape, or form. You got finishing the final trophy. Just yep. finishing okay. the game. Yep. Yep. Which, which the game doesn't really judge. I mean, it really does work as a game where you get to the end. And it can happen in any configuration. Madison ends up at Scott Shelby's apartment, and then he blows it up. And then she narrowly escapes, maybe, or she dies. You can you can actually hide in the refrigerator like Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Once you're out, Madison picks up her cell phone and she's like, "I could call Ethan, or I could call Nom and I Jayden. could call the detective, or I could uh, you know not call anyone." I think that she must have died when I played because I don't remember having to make a call because Jaden didn't make it to there because I yeah. uh, because of the racist scene. And um, right. but also she, had she never can only met call Norman one. Jayden. She can't call both of them. Yeah, and, but so I this time bur- I played through and everyone made it to the end. Minutes. 
Yeah. Um, so there's any number of configurations with who makes it to the end, how the fight plays out. Scott Shelby could live. Scott Shelby could die. Any one of these good guy characters can die. Well, and then uh, and, and even Sean could die. I right? will say yeah. that, that in yep. terms of narrative design, it is somewhat challenging to account for mm-hmm. all of those potential branching paths. Like that is yep. a genuine challenge yep. in narrative design. Yeah. But. And this is a really big but you need to have some sense of where it is that you want to go and where you want to end up, you know, and they and they figure it out by the end. By the last few chapters, there are choices that actually do keep going. And it's not just the bad ending in 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 Jaden's case. I think it kind of is the bad ending where it's just like, no, you're wrong. Fuck you. Okay. Um, yeah, but other characters actually make it through or not. And it has an impact, but you have to get through. There are 50 chapters in this game. Yeah. Each Jesus. scene is a chapter. Yeah. And the last part is chapter 50. Yeah. Five, zero, half of 100. It is, uh, <laughs> it is way too many. And also, I don't know. By the time you get to the last scene, there's a chapter where you just golf. <laughs> you don't even golf. You just hit drives while having a conversation. It, it that means it takes nothing. Two minutes. That means ap- that, that conversation could have been cut from the game. It means nothing. Right. It yep. was just yeah. I want to do a golf demo. Met the pervert kid. That's but it. Like that's all you need for the whole clearly, thing. Clearly, again, and, and we also interestingly talked about this a little bit. And so this, I feel like this is going to kind of pair nicely with our no cartridge episode that's releasing as well. Yeah. This also is a game that it sounds like really suffered severely from the lack of an editor. Like there was nobody to take the narrative to pull it in and be like, you know, do we really need this? Well, and what's wild is that knowing about the supernatural elements, they did have an editor and they did pull a whole bunch of things in because that was a a whole elaborate aspect of all of this. And, And I think that David Cage is sort of like Dan Aykroyd with Ghostbusters where he's like he wants to write about like quantum coupling yeah. of human spirits because he thinks it's a real thing. Mm. You know, like how when Dan Aykroyd talks about Ghostbusters, he's like, yeah, yeah you know, I hope that when people watch Ghostbusters, they really get to walk away with the truth that ghosts are real. <laughs> um, you know? Yeah. He doesn't have Harold Ramis to edit him. Right, yeah. right, like, right, 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 right. A, make this a workplace so, comedy. Yeah, you need to have jokes, actually. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the things where, like, with David Cage and, and this thing, you find out that Scott Shelby was there when when you got hit by the car yeah not he was necessary watching. yeah not at all but in the original version i guess it was because that's what entwined their souls sure. and made scott shelby start killing kids even though he already had the tragic parkour backstory which is really all you need parkour causes all kinds of horrible things yeah to happen. parkour kills most kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> a child dies of parkour every 10 seconds <laughs> 70 percent of all children die every year and it's mostly parkour yeah just 50 cents a day could help us save a child from parkour. <laughs> if you subscribe to our patreon we will put every effort into making sure another mirror's edge is never oh, exactly right so we reached the end of heavy rain and we also so we Wait, but we didn't get... actually talk about like how it really ends. Like we've come to the well, end. But... Yeah, yeah. Well, it ends a number of different it, ways. It yeah, depends on so how many you perform okay. in the final thing. Yeah. yeah. So it, it ends with you defeating Scott Shelby as any right. one of the other three characters. Okay. Uh, if the happiest ending where everyone finds their thing, Norman Jaden starts seeing little virtual reality tanks wherever he goes. Coming into the real world, okay. even when the glasses yeah. are off. Um, Madison and Ethan get married and then they move into another firehouse yeah 
Okay. With Sean. Sean. Yeah. You never see your, your bitch ex-wife again. Right. That's true. Yeah. You know, and there is an ending where Madison dies and Ethan lives, wherein yeah. he just moves in with Sean to this apartment and it's uh, <laughs> it's just got all these pillars. It looks like the worst apartment on the planet. Like, can, why would anyone live here? Yeah. Can Sean die? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he yeah, can drown. Okay. Oh, right. So yes, he, dr- he drowns yeah. because you don't get him out in time. Any ending where Sean dies, Ethan will kill himself. Okay. Well, yeah, okay, Scott okay. Shelby's dad would not help yeah. save the kid and was abusive mm. and would hit them. And so Scott Shelby was searching for the perfect father like that was his goal. So he'd kidnap these kids, put them in moral danger, make their dads go through these terrible trials, which is why all the dads of all the other victims are dead or gone or missing right. is because they died doing the trials, trying to get the kids okay. back. When Scott Shelby happened to be at a mall, just looking out at the street with 9000 other people around yeah. him. Well, it was National saw, Mall Day. Yeah. It was Mall Day. That's why it was full. Yeah, bears were just there just ripping people to right. shit. Oh, it was man. National oh. Mall Day. He <laughs> saw uh, a father leap out in front of a car to right. protect his child. And to that was child. not proof enough <laughs> to him that yep. Ethan Mars was a good father. Well, so he had to kidnap the other kid. Right, right, right. But do so after kidnapping six or seven other children before. <laughs> yes, and also, back it's to like, this guy. So all yeah. of this was, I guess, practice just... Just to get back to Ethan. Also, by the way, that motivation... That doesn't make any sense at all. No, That's extremely fucking kids? stupid. That's so why dumb. Why is he killing the kids? He should be Just killing the dads. Kill the dads. All, all of these serial killer pulp things are always stupid. It, it comes with the territory. Yeah, I know, but this one was but particularly then, dumb. And then when Ethan goes and rescues his son, then Scott Shelby's like, I have a gun in your back right now. Also, I locked the grate, so fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you can't save him anyway. But he did the thing. He drank the poison. He killed the guy. He did, the, he did everything he, he wanted. But no, still fuck you. I'm mad at my dad. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you, you know, in like the best ending, you kick Scott Shelby uh, on a conveyor belt into a thresher <laughs> maw, Hell yeah. I guess. And he's just like this obliterated. this is an abandoned warehouse, but all of the machinery is up and so running. So you basically yeah. do the, the wood chipper from Fargo to him. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also you can have a, an ending where Nam and Jay and gets thrown in and Scott Shelby actually escapes and gets yeah. off scot-free um, and goes Scott to visit Scott Shelby brother. Free. Scott yeah. Free. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Shelby free. Um, but none of the endings really matter except for I mean I, maybe people the, disagree the with me on this. The one where he gets away with it and then he gets killed on the sidewalk. Yeah. Uh, there's that one. No I was, ta- I was talking about Madison's one which is I think is the most infuriating uh, where she writes a book about her experience <laughs> in yes. the game. And Josh, guess what the title of the book is? Heavy Rain. It's Heavy Fucking oh Rain, God. baby. And while Love she's it. doing I signings at a table, uh, another serial killer comes up and greets her. And it's a tease for like Heavy Rain 2, Madison Page's Revenge, I she guess. Rain, rain Heavier. Yeah, it was. I guess it, that was probably going to be one of the canceled DLCs. Uh, but... Yeah, yeah, that cool. was the one that pissed well, me there, off the most. The the first DLC, the one DLC, run run DMC, um, was <laughs> run DLC was is very, the, is very uh, I like run the DLC. taxidermist, which just sounds like they did a redo of the Colin Mockery chapter. So mm. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't play it. it. Cool. I mean, we'd already endured enough. So that is Heavy Rain. That is that is the game of Heavy Rain. My God. Uh, yeah. And you have now made it through the Peacock trial, uh, which means we can now give you a little bit of the SIM card. Whose idea was it? Whose idea was to play Heavy Rain? It wasn't (laughs) mine, right? It was mine. Okay, cool. It It was mine. I would have just felt bad if I was the one inflicting more psychic damage on all of you, because I feel like I've done a bit of that in the past. 
no. and then you chose not to play it. And then you chose not to play the yeah, game, which I is a want, valid choice. I, I, well, uh, in I, Heavy I, Rain logic, that's a valid choice is to walk away. That's exactly yeah, right. You the the coward's door, Josh. No, it's like war games. The only way to win is not to play. I want to I read something very quickly here. It's very, very short. I've spent a couple of nights with Heavy Rain now, and I think it's really special. Mm-hmm. If you're a parent, especially a dad, mm-hmm. this game can be pretty difficult to play at times. In fact, I'm curious if people who don't have kids will end up getting as much out of it. We didn't. I don't know if it's an 89.85% or a 9.7 out of 10. What I do know is that after a late night playing it, I sneak into my son's room and hug him before I go to bed. No, come on. That's rain. nice, David. That's no, no, nice. No, don't do that. It's nice. Don't do that. No, we wake them up don't, first. Don't let hu- them know I'm going to hug you. Don't hug your kids. Children's no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't hug your kids. <laughs> Just don't, don't dare do it. Don't, don't touch do, them. Don't, don't, don't touch them. Don't touch your kids. <laughs> I, I think Heavy Rain is probably one of the most important games ever made. <laughs> wow. Wow. Maybe not one of the best, <laughs> but definitely important. Yeah. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can that's say from, uh, who, who quoted that. Who, who is that, Brian? Who, who, that, who that's that? Penny Arcade's own Gabe. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I would 2010. Have, I would have bet money that you were reading David Cage's review of his own game. <laughs> 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 I love. I love that you think that David Cage would give his game a 9.7 and not a 10 out of 10. Like well, you can always work for more. You can always do more to you know achieve. The range could be heavier. This this game was almost perfect. It was almost perfect. But um, we had uh, a couple too many faggots working on it. <laughs> well, I can um, say I could say as someone with no kids, I had a hard time playing the whole game. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, none well, of us so have kids, I got, and we I got, had a hard I, time. Yeah, so I got a lot out of it. Yeah, let, let's. Let, but that that was the response. I liked the, the game. Yeah, right. Back you then. said that's what I, you know. I played that it was what surprised for the first me. time, and I thought I remember. You were, dang, this is neat. Yeah. And you weren't alone, Brian. I some of the when I had I th- to watch. I didn't the, think it was successful all across the board, and there were parts where I was like, "Is this?" Is what's going on right now very racist? <laughs> uh, but, but there's people but who the emotionally fell into the traps yeah. of like this is sophisticated storytelling. Yeah. This is an adult story. And there's people who emotionally game. resonated with it. When I yeah. had to watch the, I didn't play it through multiple times to see all the endings. I just looked them up on YouTube, and right, all the comments, yeah. almost all the comments, are like, "Ah, oh, love this game. This game, the, yeah. the this montage brings me back." And it's like. Really, people got emotionally what's, invested. How? What's, what's interesting is In I don't what? think I don't think Heavy Rain encourages you to play it again, which I thought right. was actually kind of no. Unless you want to platinum, it, it wants it. you to get the ending that you're gonna get. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you want to platinum the game, you can. I I set out yeah, to do so, uh, and there's there is there is a route you, you can do it. Um, but I got stuck because the bear trophy just wouldn't click because you have to yeah. get every single timing thing perfectly, and it's basically memorization. Like you have to memorize an entire mm, string yeah. of commands. And I did that. I did it perfectly three times. It did not pop for me. I know someone's gonna come after me and say, "Well, you just didn't do it right." Uh, fuck you. No, I did it right three times. No, you did it right. The, um, the motion control shouldn't be. I there. also don't yeah, think that um, I don't think that our fans are going to get upset with you for not playing heavy rain correctly. That's true. But get uh, good. But also, I, here's here's how I justify it to myself. Uh, the platinum trophy for Heavy Rain is called Heavy Rain Master, and I did not want that title. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that on my soul. No. Um, I do speaking, want that on my tombstone, though. 
Uh, speaking of heavy rain, or the master of heavy rain, I think it is important that we talk about David Cage himself, especially about the work environment that he created yeah. over his many years running Quantic Dreams. He still is running Quantic Dreams. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, it's a, his I Star it's, it's Wars Quantic game is still dream. coming out. It's, just, it's yeah. the just singular dream. Quantic Dream. Yeah. Just the single yeah. one. I guess we can start by saying that these are all allegations, and it was recently in French court. <laughs> Take that, uh, which is which is inherently <laughs> less serious than regular court. It's, it's very silly. Uh, it's kind of like they, college they and clown college. You got court and French yeah. court. It's because it's, it's yeah. so fun to say kangaroo in a French accent. Kangaroo, <laughs> kangaroo court. Well, actually, David Cage did have a breakdown on the stand where he stamped his foot, screamed, and then ran out of the witness box when uh, confronted by, with these allegations. It says this whole thing has like ruined his reputation, and he threw mm. this big old hissy fit. I like oh, to wow. call that the behavior of an innocent man. David, that's like shades of R. Kelly's interview with Gail yeah. King, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how you act when you are, you know, accused of a wrong thing yeah. is you freak out it, and it, run especially away. Especially when the sure. accusations seem to be built around you being like a petulant tyrant <laughs> with a very yeah. erratic personality. <laughs> I hear you freak out at the slightest uh, point of offense. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Fuck you! Who tell- no one tells you that! I am leaving now! Allegedly, I, allegedly. I'm surprised sorry. he didn't talk about his beer drinking buddy uh, squishy at any point. What the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. What was his name? Well, yeah, what was his uh, name? Squibby? Uh, yeah, Brett, Ka- Brett Kavanaugh's buddy. Oh, yeah. oh squee. 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 Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't <laughs> start screaming about Squee. That's for whenever I make that Brett Kavanaugh video. Squee is actually like at the center of yeah. that. Yeah, whole Squee. Squee. Squee is yeah. a major character that was really overlooked in that whole thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Similarly, the name of an innocent party. Absolutely. I I apologize. (laughs) uh, Innocent, at least in that context. For my butchering of this, but the, like, I think the CEO of Quantic Dream, a guy whose name is very French and I'm going to horribly mispronounce it, but I think it's Guillaume de Fondemir. His Uh name, AJ. Uh Is Frederic Banderbon. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the CEO, Frederic Banderbon. Um, Fred, uh, Frederic ba- Vanderbon? I like this. Yeah. He was he's real this now. whole time. Frederic Bindabon. Frankie Billabong. Yeah, Frankie Billabon over here. He was their surprise witness. <laughs> he was the one that Hello, I'm Frankie Billabong. <laughs> <laughs> I modeled I modeled a junkyard jock or whatever his name was. <laughs> Is that Basmark Lerman? Hey, uh, yeah, hello, hello, yeah, hello. I'm Baz Lerman. Um, this is part of my Red Curtain trilogy. So they had, um, he got on the stand and they're like, uh, oh, it's like, uh, did, did you encourage a hostile work environment? And he said, well, am I under oath? And uh, and they said, yes. He's like, oh, so I can't lie. Uh, and they said, uh, no, you can't lie. Yeah, and he's like, well, then I have nothing to say. If you didn't. Yes. And he's Again. Like, and he's like, that, I have nothing to say. Again, the thought process of an innocent person. Right. Yeah. So Wait, I can't lie. The allegations. The guy who's just doing great. The, that's that's the thing. That's what that's what I'm hearing is that like this man. Yeah. He's he's winning. They run a tight ship. Well, he kind of just yep. figured that going into <laughs> court swag. would be just like a quantum dream game, where in order to testify correctly, all he, he had to do was like push push circle at the right time. Yeah. You know, or right. if he said nothing, the world yeah. would make the correct decision for him. Exactly. If I, just wait, yeah. if, I, if I just wait long enough, this court trial will be dismissed. And if he wants to reach Hang for on. the microphone, you can kind of reach for it and then stop, and then kind of reach for it again and then stop, and then finally yeah. get it right and pull it towards you. Allegedly, he said, "In my games, all women are whores." Oh, and okay, cool. uh, at Quantic Dreams, we do not make games for fags uh, were yeah, the okay. two statements that he made. And then in response to that, he had this to say. I'm not going to dead name Elliot Page. So yeah. I'm just uh, just imagine that, that he does. Quote, you want to talk about homophobia? 
I work with Elliot Page, who fights for LGBT rights. Oh, you boy. want to talk about racism? I work with Jesse Williams, who fights for civil rights in the USA. Judge me by my work. To bring up Elliot specifically, too, is such a fucking slap in the face because, like I mentioned before with Madison Page's character model, and there being more to that model than what was depicted in-game, following, I'm sure, a contract with a clause around the nudity, Yeah, uh, there was the same thing with Elliot Page mm-hmm. and, and his character's character model, which turned out had a lot more mapped onto it than, again, Ugh. what was agreed upon. Oh, fuck. Uh, and that combined with The Last of Us stealing his then likeness uh, turned him off to, I think, ever ever making a video game ever again. Oh, for, yeah. for the character of, of Ellie in Last of Us? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That was based on him. Because that yeah. character had a different model. And then, I don't know, at some point, Beyond Two Souls was right. coming out and it seemed like Naughty Dog was like, what if we just confused people? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wanted to buy the David Cage yeah. game? <laughs> um, it should also be mentioned that, uh, again, allegedly, there was a, there was a very very toxic work environment made at Quantic Dream. It was very like a very bros bro kind of place. They would often take uh, pictures of employees they didn't like and Photoshop their bodies onto porn stars Ugh. bodies and also onto Nazis, confusingly, um, and would just post them around the office uh, for everyone to see. And that kind Wait, of they, they put them onto the bodies of Nazis because they didn't like them. Yes. Because Nazis can't take a joke. Yes, I, I right, it's right, like, right. It's like, oh, yeah, I, was, I say this. this I said, is not... I said, oh, you're so, your mother's so fat, and he, she, he, this... he couldn't take it, so I put his right. face on a Nazi because you know, they don't get uh, it. This doesn't line up with the Quebecois people that I have met. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just actually, so it's, actually it's just a terrible thing to say. Judge me by my work. Okay, great. Right. So you're yeah, racist. So you're bitch. racist and sexist. Right. Yeah. Got it. Great. You know, Done. just I'm just basing that on your work. Yeah. You know, we not don't even have to all say, these comments. It's just yeah. We don't even have to say anything. Allegedly, it's like judge me by my work. Great. I'm doing that, and you suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he is. I am. I am not a fan of of David no. Cage. Uh, I was talking to David about this earlier, but it's just it feels like you're talking. David Cage this, about this earlier? I was talking to David Cage about this earlier. I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, gotta stop. You gotta fucking stop. Just called, he started calling you slurs. <laughs> he just started screaming at me. But no, I didn't even know that there were specifically biphobic slurs. But, he performed, yeah. he performed, yeah. somehow slurred you and performed by erasure on you simultaneously. Yeah, it was very weird. Uh, he drew a picture of you on a Nazi and then he started to erase you. It was literal <laughs> by erasure. And then, and, then, and then I looked at my hands and I was fading out of time. I'm like in Back to the Future. And I'm like, no, buy Erasure. I think that Heavy Rain might be the straightest video game that's ever been made. I think that, and and that's saying something in a genre that is so straight. I mean, maybe, um, what was that zombie video game where you can ride a motorcycle? Days Gone? I think that's that's also pretty aggressively straight. Which was supposed to be the non-gay Last of Us. I'm pretty sure that's like what the developers set out to be. Yeah, I remember that. Like all of the- It's like an open world. All of the people who were like, well, the Last of Us is so SJW, I'm gonna play Days Gone. Yeah, and it's it's just garbage. Um, But- It was originally supposed to be called Gays Gone. (laughs) It was going to be a game where there was no conflict. <laughs> Gay's done. They they switched the D and the G. As, as in, you got it. Get out of here. Get out of here. They're Get over. out of here. <laughs> but they, um, everything that's wrong with Heavy Rain can be attributed 
to its lack of camp or self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think like had it yeah. been added in, it would at least been an interesting and fun experience if it if it like really like reveled yeah. in the gruesomeness. But it takes itself so fucking seriously. This yeah. is a yeah. big adult story for boys. Well, I, I think that that everything that's wrong with heavy rain is everything that was like wrong with the industry at this particular mm-hmm. point in time. Mm-hmm. It all sort of comes out. But this. it's everyone who's like really mad about Roger Ebert and they want a game that's not for fags. Right. Right. <laughs> they want a game that's actually a yeah. movie, but not a Kojima movie. Cause again, a little too fake. And the, the, uh, the thing, the thing about that too, though, Brian is, you know, you, you say the industry at the time, but it, we, we, just to like pull back a little bit and talk about where things stand right now, mm-hmm. none of this has gone away. You know, like no. obviously if we if we No, I, I just think it's specific to those like the 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 specific neuroses yes. of that moment. Because also you want to be taken seriously. Also around this yeah. time you have uh Duke Nukem Forever finally getting released <laughs> for some reason. Oh, um, God, which that's largely right. which largely was because Randy Pitchford also a huge noted piece of shit That's right, wanted right. to get it shipped right so gearbox well, just you, bought the, the code and got Randy it done Pitchford is that he has balls of steel yeah. um <laughs> blow it out your so the, but, but i mean looking <laughs> why is george takei here the big story right now in gaming or at least one of them is what is going on and has been going on with blizzard um how yeah. there was yeah. that fucking uh the bill cosby suite or whatever where there were a number of men in senior management or near senior management at Blizzard who would regularly get together and just be bros. And one of the things that they would do is when they were at like a hotel, they would get a suite together and uh, it would colloquially colloquially be referred to as the Bill Cosby suite. They thought that was a really funny joke. And they had a picture of Bill Cosby they would put up on the wall and pose with it. Oh, and the whole idea is that they'd get as many women as they could to get up there. They had just like gallons, many of of whom were Blizzard employees. Yes, that is something that's still ongoing. The fallout from that Blizzard is in real tough shape right now. You know, their workers are not happy with them in Overwatch. They just then this is a very dumb tokenistic thing that they did. But whatever they renamed a character. Uh, the character of McCree, who was actually named after a guy named Jesse McCree, who was one of the residents of the Cosby Suite, they have now renamed oh, I didn't the character. Know why that name change mm-hmm. happened? But at the Fucking at the Christ. end of the day, all of this is still optics, right? Yeah. There's not a desire. Well, yeah, none of the things that were wrong got addressed. No. Like yeah. the things that those, like I said, this was about specific neuroses of the time, but all those things just continued yeah. and, and and continued along especially this path where like someone gets to be seen as a genius yes. someone like fucking david cage right. is seen as a genius yeah that's how this industry that's so desperate to be taken seriously at this point in time that's how serious that they get is they think david cage is some fucking luminary and and yeah. and, and the other thing that happens too is that in the cases where individuals are or, or groups of individuals because it's never just one person right like no it's, it's the, structures the, it's, it's structures it's the structural. rot exemplifies itself in these terrible individuals but then frequently speaking what companies will do is they will point to a bad apple or two and be like yeah they, we got rid of that yeah. guy we got rid of that guy so right. obviously we're fine we now we got rid of his namesake in the game right 
exactly. <laughs> and it's 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 bullshit. It's nothing but well, bullshit. And how, and how much of this has everything to do with the fact that workers in gaming have absolutely no power whatsoever. Exactly. No union. Right? You look at all this stuff that was going on with cyberpunk. That wasn't even remotely unusual because it was happening even more so at like Rockstar yeah, with Red well, Dead and, and, and that's 2. the thing. Like what was going on with uh, CD Projekt Red was bad, but it's honestly not even the worst of it. Like yeah. the, the, when it comes to The Last of Us 2. Yeah, anything. Right, the SJW game. All the big, you know, commercial studios, whether you're talking about, like you said, Rockstar North. I mean, I could I could just keep listing studios, you know what really I mean? Really just about any game. Any I mean, AAA was so normalized. Certainly. I remember watching a documentary you know, back in the days of G4 when they actually had some production budget. G4's coming back, by the way. Did you see that? I saw that. They would do these documentaries, and one of them that they did was one on Tim Schafer that they decided oh, yeah. to film during the last couple weeks of development of Psychonauts Yikes. where they were in crunch. Yeah. And the whole documentary is about being in crunch yeah. and just how ordinary that yeah. is. Even as far back as two thousand and, and what three? Right. Um, well, in one one doc that I would definitely recommend to any of our listeners is the documentary that No Clip did about Hades, because it is a great example of what it looks like when you actually do halfway decent project management and yeah, don't have right. to crunch because you have a plan yeah. for what the design of the project is going to look and, like, and you get one of the greatest games of all time, right? Out of it, yeah. And and, and then we were also seeing this too, right? Recently, with um, the developer of Gone Home and how. The director of that, we don't really. I've wanted to talk about it a little bit. We haven't actually gotten that much concrete information on any of that. Yeah. Um, but like, clearly, there was a problem there because, again, the power of these people is not kept in check. Right. And that, that's the only thing that stops it. It's not. It's not like you can't depend on the individual morality of people who produce AAA video games. Mm -hmm. Right. Or even well, because it, to, the, to that games. point as well, it, you can have perfectly. Like, obviously, somebody like David Cage or, uh, you know, Mich <laughs> Michel Ancel or these fucking assholes over at Blizzard, you know, they are yeah. bad people. But you yeah. can also be a perfectly decent, well-meaning person who is in a position of power or management inside of a system that is poorly structured, that doesn't empower its workers. And you yeah. can be the nicest guy in the world and it will not fucking matter. The outcome yeah. will still be difficult for the workers. And you know what? Sometimes at the end of that crunch, you end up with a 20 hour game that <laughs> relies almost entirely on buying the fact that a serial killer uses rainwater <laughs> to kill children. And is that worth and it? Everyone will love it. <laughs> and everyone will fucking love it. They'll give you a Star Wars game. Willem Dafoe will be in your game. Somebody's got to talk to Willem Dafoe about doing video games. He only picks bad projects. You know, like just I respect it. No, whenever I see an actor who's really great and only does bad things like Ben Kingsley, Willem Dafoe, mm. Adam I, Sandler, I, I, with the exception of Uncut Gems. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. It's just like great. I'm, this is this is perfect. If you want like a really video. bad good time, go watch the David Cage interviews where Willem Dafoe is forced to sit next to him <laughs> and just listen to everything. And the camera just like slowly zooms in on Dafoe's face and you just see the light completely gone from his eyes. It's almost yeah. like he's wearing the Green Goblin mask without wearing you, it. Do you yeah, know you what you I watch, mean? You, you watch him dissociate. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you see it's him just thinking about all the good times he used defeat. to have. <laughs> all the good times he used to have at the Wooster Group yeah. or yeah. working yeah. with Scorsese. David, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to yeah. hey, play the game to, again. To replay this game. Yeah. Thank that, you for having me. Yeah. And I will never David, forgive I, you, AJ, for making me play it again. 
Yeah, I know we don't have a lot of the things going on these days, but do you have something going on that you want to plug? Oh, I I have a podcast. Hey. Uh, it comes out every it comes out every Friday. Uh, it's me every and my Friday. friends. It's fucking uh, great, by the Tessa way. Tessa Flannery and Cameron Faring. Uh, they're awesome. We met in New York a decade ago. Uh, we're all recently out members of the queer community. So you've all come out uh, as Canadians. Yeah, all co- <laughs> yeah, uh, Ottawa specifically. Um, <laughs> shout, shout out to Ottawa kids if you have any Canadian listeners. Um, I heard it. I heard it was you. By now, I actually heard it gone. when you said Ottawa. I heard like the, the yeah. that was yes. You heard my accent yeah, come yeah, just yeah. for a moment. Um, but yeah, it's basically pop culture and stuff like that. Uh, but through the lens of like, oh yeah, we were we were probably kind of queer all along and just didn't realize it. Um, and David, what's the name oh, of this podcast? I like that. The title is Omni Bilateral Panic, and it's out every Friday where podcasts they are get, available. They oh, got yeah. five episodes let's, already. Let's up. Say that one more time. Omni bilateral panic. Correct. I'm the bi in the bilateral panic. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a pan in the panic. There's Um, a pan, panic, and omni. Okay, I was like, who's the lateral? (laughs) (laughs) That is Scott Shelby. It's always Scott Shelby. It's always Scott Shelby. God God damn it. 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 You know what David is Uh, in this case? Because I am the worst of all possible AJs. Oh, I'm the worst of all possible Joshes. And I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. But David, I think you might be the worst of all possible Nam and Jaden's. I am Norman Jaden. Thank you for having me. Oh, so great. Uh, I'm on the road to recovery from my drugs. <laughs> All right, kids. Use crack and cocaine to get one. high. See you. Using crack and cocaine to get high. That's what you say you love. But it's really insane. You could die. What are you thinking of? All right, folks, if you want more, uh, check us out on No Cartridge. Uh, we're on the episode that has released this very day. Anyway, we'd like to thank our sponsors for bringing you this episode, and our sponsors, no, are not crack and cocaine. They are the patrons at Patreon who help us buy our crack and cocaine, the energy drink, which makes my throat hurt, so I don't drink it. Anyway, they are Aeneas Hemphill, Andrew Kilroy, Ari Rodriguez, Ben Ferber, Benjamin R. Alford, Bill, Corby, Dave Scholar, Davis Vandesteeg, Dominic Russo, JV, mm, no, Nate Netsley, Nell Johnson, Octavia Immersive, Olivia Hernandez, Tony Diddy, with a special thank you to Trevor Strunk, Ashley Stoneman, Hannah White, Sam Borman, and Timmy Sexton. All right, folks, don't get caught in the rain. If you like Pina Coladas, by Rupert Holmes, did uh, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, Broadway There is help available for people who have a problem with cocaine or crack addiction. Have them call 1-800-COCAINE for advice. And if someone ever offers you crack or cocaine, be smart. Just say no. Cause nobody's needing that crack and cocaine. There's terrible trouble behind it. And sooner or later you're burning your brain. Making a mess of your mind. Cause nobody's needing that crack and cocaine. There's terrible trouble behind it. And sooner or later you're burning your brain. Making a mess of your mind. Cause nobody's and that crack and cocaine There's terrible trouble behind it 
the mess of your mind.